Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Wrestling fans, and welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for being back with us for Season 8, number 71, here on Monday, February 26, 2018, the last episode of February, thankfully. I'm still Joe Murata. This is Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy doody. Howdy doody. You glad to be almost out of this month? I am. Yeah, I am. Not, definitely. Not one of my favorite months. I'm also glad that it's the first episode of the season. Yes, it is, Quinn. Season 8 is kicking off now. Thanks so much if you joined us last week for the finale of Season 7. We appreciate that. Glad to have you back. If you're new to the show, we are a retro wrestling podcast where we romp through the old wrestling, Quinn. Yep. That's what we've been doing. Yeah, we've we been romping through, and uh, this being 71, this is going to be an episode about 1971 wrestling. Uh, is that how it's going to work? I don't Maybe. Know, uh, so Bruno Sammartino, Ivan Koloff happened it, it then. It was a lot of the same from 1970, <laughs> that month or Fo- year or Folks, whatever. my partner here is obviously not serious. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, not that I know of anyway. Uh, we won't be talking about 1971, but we will be talking about some great topics. But before we get to any of those, I'd like to remind you to follow us on Twitter, if you haven't yet, at OVP Podcast. And if you send emails, you can email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com that is ovppodcast at gmail.com but Quinn the place to be no pun intended is our Facebook group yes it's a fun place on the facebook.web.feet <laughs> website yes website. and over there you can search for our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast and you can find the group and then you can hit the join button and we're going to approve you and it's going to be a great time really it is a great time people have a lot of fun there because we're very welcoming that is unique. No. What's our catchphrase? Come one, come all? Uh, the unwashed masses. Yes, it's exactly. like, you know, the Statue of Liberty, that thing. Yep, like, exactly. So we should put the Statue of Liberty, but like of wrestling, like on the, the, in the banner thing. Yeah. Yeah. We have a great collage, too. That's worth a worth a little look at there. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band up there. We should call it Sergeant Slaughter's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Oh, that's a good idea. Speaking of good ideas, folks, a good idea if you like the show, like really like the show and you have a, a little bit of coin to spare we do accept your coin we will not mandate your coin Uh, but you can go to patreon.com that is patreon.com slash ovp podcast and you can get some cool rewards if you want to uh, contribute to the show in any way quinn what types of rewards are we looking at these days three dollars a month you get the video review right what's the video review i don't know what the video review is the video review it's me and joe watching wwf 1982 and it's really bad yeah it's like the the championship wrestling all-star and sometimes compilations depending on like availability because not everyone i guess had a vcr in 1982 (laughs) so sometimes they're just episodes that don't exist or something it's true and it's uh we're in april right now it's not very good yeah and here with the sell down if you want to pay a little less one dollar less you get the commentaries now what are the commentaries what are the commentaries michael quinn i don't know what the commentaries are the commentaries (laughs) it's us talking over things from the wwe network Mm -hmm. like i know recently did some really shitty battle roll from like a coliseum tape or something (laughs) yeah we did from rampage 92 that was fun yeah Yeah. and we've done like uh bret hart versus razor ramon the illustrious match we also do good matches right we do good (laughs) matches like the hardcore battle royal yes Yes. sure that (laughs) well anywho 
we do those matches, you get the time code, you can sync it up, and you can have us be your commentary instead of, you know, King and JR yeah. or something. So go check it out, patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. You can just also just go to our website, OVPPodcast.com. It's got everything on there. Yeah, it's got all the stuff. All the stuff, links to uh, all the aforementioned things, plus our YouTube channel, which you can check out. There's always exclusive content there Correct. that you can't find anywhere else. Uh, and you can find us on SoundCloud. Maybe that's how you ran into us. That's how we post it. But there's other places to find us, particularly the Apple variety, Quinn. Yes, uh, there's Apple Podcast, and over there you can leave us five-star reviews, uh, hit the subscribe button so the podcast gets in your pod thingy. Mm -hmm. That's a great place. That's probably the best place to get it, right? Absolutely. Well, then you can also, if you don't like that best place for some (laughs) reason, you can go to Google Play Music, Stitcher, FM Player. Yeah, they're they're really good. Yeah, they're good. Excuse me, girl. (laughs) But you know who's also good? Otto. Otto's great. (laughs) Very, very good service there. Uh, Basically, as we like to say, Anywhere where you can find podcasts, we're there. Yes. So you can listen to us in your preferred podcatcher app. And I want to say, yes, because we didn't say it, the mm-hmm. Patreon is going to have a new exclusive feature. And this is for all Patreon subscribers. Mm-hmm. Basically, you'll be able to get a raw feed of this in video form. Yes. Like this episode and yes. every episode, basically. I'm just recording it. Like right now, we're on camera. We're on camera. It's like the Yes Network back in the days where they used to tape uh, Francesca on Russo. Which is going to be our regular radio program, but, you know, augmented with a couple of things. It's a raw feed for the hardcore fan, yeah. if you will. Uh, speaking of fans, we're fans of a couple of shows, Quinn, that we like to give a shout-out to every single week here. There's uh, there's two in particular. There's the wrestling podcast about nothing. That's WPAN. Right. That's hosted by two guys that actually worked in the business. Uh, a wrestler actually working for ROH right now and other independent promotions. Yes. The Kingpin, Brian Malonis, and his partner in crime on the show there is independent wrestling referee, Mean Mike Crockett. And they do a great, unique show. Sometimes they'll interview... like like an indie worker. Sometimes mm-hmm. they'll just reminisce. They'll bring up the retro stuff, current stuff. Awesome show. The wrestling podcast about nothing. Check those guys out. And while you're at it, check out our little brother. Yes. Who who is actually older and wiser, or at least definitely older. But he'll always be our little brother. He's our little brother. Petey Winston. And he hosts a whimsical, magical little one-man show where he allegedly reviews wrestling, but really he just talks about when he was in college. Yes. I'm not really sure what it's about. Or like when he was like eight or something. Yeah, and he likes baseball. Wrestling. (laughs) And hockey. But it's a great show, folks. It's called Greetings from Allentown. There's GF Allentown. And it's available on the Proud Wrestling Alley feed. Yes, that. (laughs) The Place to Be Nation, uh, as well as his own feed. That's GF Allentown and WPAN. Check them out. And Quinn, we ended our game show, sadly, last it's season. It's over. There's it was no canceled, more, right? There's no more Pop the Question. It was canceled. No sponsors. Did you know? Donahue get upset or whoever does <laughs> Donahue. that? Donahue! Who's in charge of the game shows again? I have no idea. Mark Goodson? <laughs> <laughs> Alex Trebek? I don't so, know. No, but here to kick off Season 8, we have a, a brand new segment to, uh, to open each show this season. And this is one that has been suggested by one of our listeners, Eric Points. Uh, it's a very good point, yeah, <laughs> if you will. On, he's really on point. On point, yeah. isn't he? When it's called the wrestling butterfly effect, which is basically we're going to kind of do a little fantasy booking. It's kind of a what if scenario mm-hmm. of something impactful or maybe not that happened in wrestling and what might have happened if this did or didn't happen. So, Quinn, to make this concept very simple, I know you have one in mind that you're going to kick off with for this week. What is our wrestling butterfly effect topic today? So this one, I think, is helps like establish, put an, establish, put an exclamation point, like, what the hell is this, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to start with, what if Bret Hart doesn't get skirt? You know, I've kind of forgiven a lot of that of oh, what happened. So for background on that, obviously, in brief, we all know the screw job. 
November 9th, 1997, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, you know, and they're fighting in Canada, and Bret's all, yeah, I don't want to lose in Canada to Shawn Michaels. Which is bullshit. It is bullshit. I agree. Um, They just didn't get along, and it was a professional difference and a personal difference, and Bret obviously wasn't going to drop the title. He had already signed with WCW on November 1st. Mm -hmm. He was due to start the following month. Vince screws him, essentially tells Earl Hebner to ring the bell when Bret is in the sharpshooter. Vince goes on TV a couple weeks later and does the infamous Brett screwed Brett promo. Right. I truly believe that Brett Hart screwed Brett Hart. Steve Austin becomes a breakout star, defeats Shawn Michaels at uh, WrestleMania 14, and so on and so forth. So, Quinn, in your hypothetical here, is it what if Brett isn't screwed, but he's still going to WCW? Or is it what if Brett isn't even leaving? I think it's what if he isn't even leaving. Like, it's okay. the whole, like, none of that crap happened. Like, he's just a regular person in WWF. So, hypothetically, he he has a match against Shawn Michaels, and he loses. Right. Or does he not even fight Shawn Michaels, because he's going to drop to Austin? Well... That's, where I think, where we start. Okay, so... What happens on November 9th, If we're approaching this situation, right? Yep. There's two schools of thought I feel you can go with. It's that they would have done the Brett versus Shawn at this point. At Survivor Series anyway. Or would they have saved that for 14 like they had like originally wanted to for 13? By all accounts, Stone Cold Steve Austin, by that point in time, he was the guy and he was going to win the title at WrestleMania 14, either from Brett or Sean. Okay, so that didn't it matter. It was going to happen. Austin right. was the guy for 98. Okay, so no matter what, Austin's winning. That's cemented in our like... In our butterfly canon here, effect, yes. right? Canon, yes. So it's a question of, well, what does Brett do mm-hmm. between Survivor Series 97 and the rest of his WWF career? <laughs> so I think they still would have went with Sean. And here's my reasoning behind it. Sure. It's not, it has nothing to do with like bias against yeah, Brett. Yeah. It's just that DX was really hot and that they probably still sure. like, I bet you in the books they had a DX pay-per-view planned. Okay. Like no matter what. They did in December. No right. matter so what. So how are you going to do that if like Sean's not the champion? Okay, fair. So Sean still fights Shamrock as planned. What does Brett do then after losing the title to Shawn Michaels? What's Brett's next feud? Well, I think that probably they would have set that up in whatever happened in the conclusion to the Shawn Michaels Okay, so does Brett maybe fight Sean at Royal Rumble or something? Maybe. I don't know. I I still think they would have gone. I think Sean's path is pretty set. So he's going to fight Austin at WrestleMania. Right. What do you do with Brett? Is he feud with Triple H? Does Um, he team up with Owen? Well, was wasn't didn't he still have issues with Stone Cold at that point that were not fully resolved because there was the Canadian Stampede was their last run in. The Hart Foundation. Look at this. They keep coming again. I think everybody in this cell goes related to the Hart. That was their last real run, and so is he a big... He stays heel, and he fights Austin in Maybe he in fights Austin one more time at the Royal Rumble. Well, then Austin's got to win the Royal Rumble, right? Austin has to win the Royal Rumble. See, this is where it gets complicated. Huh. So maybe a DX pay-per-view, Austin and Brett fight one final time. Okay. Then they, Austin run, wins? they run into each other at... Yeah, Austin wins. Okay. They run into each other at the Royal Rumble 98, and then Austin, like, definitively throws Brett out. Like, no bullshit, like, the first time. So that it, like, establishes, like, Austin's got the bugaboo off his back. He not only beat Brett, but he was able to throw him out in the Royal Rumble legit. So Sean's still defending an Undertaker at Rumble 98. Yeah. Okay. Even though I don't want him to, because then he gets injured, right? So Sean stays injured... I think right? Sean in this scenario still gets injured. Okay. So then Brett, is he Austin's big challenge in 98? Or are we cooling off the feud? Maybe Brett's going to turn face finally. Yeah. I mean, I think there was some legs with maybe Brett versus Shamrock because they, they did have they a never little. Really, yeah. They never really like. 
that might have been what they did with Brett and Shamrock. They were trying to get over. It would have been a cool feud for Brett to do with like a UFC fighter versus like a technical wrestler. Sure, and Brett could cut promos about how he, yeah. you know, you know, you might be good in the <laughs> octagon, Shamrock, Ken Shamrock, but right. in the WWF. You know, something like that. You know, there's a couple of what ifs here, Quinn, that I think are interesting. And folks, I want to mention at any time, leave us your feedback about what you think would have happened if Brett hadn't gotten screwed or hadn't even left hadn't for WCW left, yeah. at all. I would say there's a couple of what ifs, Quinn. Mm-hmm. Does Vince McMahon still bring in Mike Tyson for WrestleMania 14? I think I while think, he's paying out Brett's contract. We've talked about this and briefly. I, 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 I really think that was just uh, negotiating bullshit. Okay. You know, you know what I mean. Just trying to free up some money. Right. At the same time, it was like I'm kind of done with Brett. Okay. But Fair if that, if that's not Vince's mindset, if he wants it all, yeah, then that doesn't matter anymore. Like Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson, they have to. Like, okay. What about Brett's objections about the direction of the company, which he was already vocal about by '97 when he was still there? I think Brett would have just adjusted because Sucked he went up. to WCW and it's the same old garbage there too. Correction, Quinn, that's the WCW. Right, he went to the WCW. <laughs> the WCW! And now, what happens to WCW is another thing. Starcade 97 See? is a completely different result. Okay, that's a great point. The infamous um, ending to Starcade 97 is Nick Patrick doesn't make a fast count. Bret Hart's like, you know, it's not nice to do that. Yeah. And then he like restarts the match and punches yeah, somebody. This is a funny, like weird <laughs> other part of it is that now we have to factor in Starcade. God forbid maybe Sting just wins the freaking match the way he should have. I think he probably just would have won. Like, I th- see, that's like, where it is, right? You, see, that's the thing is like, and that's not me like defending no, no, no. Starcade. That's no. just like, they wouldn't have got it in their head to do that goofy ending. They they would have had that just, toy to play with. Right. They would have just been like, okay, Sting just wins. Like, because right. that was the plan anyway. Right, right, right. They just like wanted to do it like all fancy with like Bret Hart, you know? They should have never trotted out Bret for Starcade. There he is! Ladies and gentlemen, there he is! The referee, Bret the Hitman Hart! If they would have left Bret Hart backstage until after Starcade, and let's say Bret is Sting's first challenger. I'm just yeah. I'm I'm hypothetically going back to that. Anything but what they did with that Hogan Sting scenario is what would have worked. Yeah. Anything else. Okay, so does this like strengthen WCW now? Like holy shit, like maybe WCW's in like a different position because maybe, of all this. And maybe WWF is not. Because Wait, Brett we? could have been there holding back their creative direction. Seriously, he had a, a contract, Quinn. Let's remember here mm-hmm. that he signed the year before in 96, 20 years, three years as a wrestler or four, I forget, and the rest as a creative guy, like a backstage guy. <laughs> that would have been horrible. Does Vince Russo get to do some of the things that he pushed for? Well, here's the thing. I think we should put like a hard cap at like the end of 98, right? It's fine. Fair so enough. So it's like, year. I don't think Brett, like, his okay. creative would have mattered. Okay, so we'll, we'll do a year out. Now, again, folks, this is uh, the first episode with this concept, so excuse us for kind of ironing it out on the fly here, but yeah. that's what we're here to do. All right, so Brett Hart, his 98, I can see him getting shunted down into the mid-card, reluctantly kicking and screaming, but you got to make way for Austin, Quinn. I think he would have been in the upper mid card. You got to think of who was in there, like Shamrock in '98. The Rock, though. The too. Rock. The Rock would have benefited greatly from feuding with Bret Hart. I think if Bret would have been a face again and a mid card face, kind of like he was in '95. Yeah, he could have really elevated guys like The Rock, Ken Shamrock. Even like a Val Venus. Yeah. You know, there's a bunch of guys that he could have had good well, matches with. Okay, Man- here, here's, good matches. here's a proposition about all of this. I'll take it. 
is you have to remember this would mean the Hart Foundation would still exist. That's that, great. And I think the Hart Foundation would have feuded with the nation. Now that I can get behind, but would the crowd have accepted the Hart's back as faces again, or do they have to be healed? By 98. Well, I think it would have just been presented as gang warfare. They would have been left with whatever they were. But didn't no one like the gang warfare? Like the DOA and the Periqua, Like, Yeah, but I, I, with the Heart Foundation and the Nation Under the Rock and DX, like the remains the of the DX D- feud, too. Well, no, see, I think that would have made it a hell of a lot more interesting because now you have the remains of DX that doesn't like the Heart Foundation, right? Right. They don't like the Nation either. Mm-hmm. And Brett could just be just like, well, fucking nation, they're just a bunch of assholes. Like, seriously, You're a bunch like, of hooligans. Yeah, like, Brett, there's no way in, like, my mind that Brett would like the nation. <laughs> he like, wouldn't. I could just imagine the Brett promos, like, yeah. in the leather jacket with the jean shorts. Like, Especially with The Rock being a wise Alec. Yeah. Like, and shit. <laughs> wise, a smart yeah, Alec. Smart Alec, whatever. <laughs> wow, he's a great Alec. Yeah. There's only a few kinds of Alec. There's a smart Alec. There's a wise Alec. Alec Baldwin. <laughs> there's a wise Alec. there's no wise Alec. i think I, my dad used to say that oh your dad was wrong but i can just imagine brett being like you know godfather the only thing that you're a father of is trash <laughs> you know just i can only yeah. imagine but but come on jim neidhart 98 and wwf quinn do we need yeah, this but as a stu- do we need this listen as a stooge in a faction that's like acceptable i'm, I'm fine with that remember when dx like punched him in the balls and it was funny yeah <laughs> and then they kicked well, him out of, of the company well none of that would have happened i know the heart foundation would have been like a force in the mid card so owen never has to become danger heart he yeah just stays like all that regular owen, owen might not die because oh he, man you brought it there yeah like seriously because the creative direction would have right, been different they would never have done that blue blazer nonsense they wouldn't have needed to yeah like it wouldn't even be brett being like you know don't do it it's just they wouldn't have needed to do it right it wouldn't have been wow. necessary. they would have even gotten to that point which, may, be- which also means Jeez, that triple wow. h would have never possibly been the game because maybe like remember how that was the nickname that, was for owen that was, the, the gimmick was slated for owen the, right yeah but not the push just the, gimmick. the gimmick the thing is would the, the gimmick have been slated for owen own if the Hart Foundation continued to exist. It's pronounced own, and I'm not sure, actually. It, it all depends Somebody on... Somebody else might have been the game. It might have been, like, X-Pac or something. For all he we ain't fun. no game. You, you know what I mean, though? I'm just throwing out names, but it could have been anybody. I know. No, like, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Obviously, there's almost an unlimited potential in what-ifs here when we do this butterfly okay. effect thing. But with Brett directly... To, to, to wrap it up here, yeah. yeah. I honestly think the, the whole faction warfare would have been what's you know that was the supported mid card because it also it isn't too much of a downgrade for brett no and i could see him happily working with his brother if no one else in the bulldog and anvil but and then, happily and then doing putting, that putting over you know helping uh make stars out of triple h i would think the so rock. definitely the rock um, yeah maybe even the outlaws right the and outlaws X-Pac, he likes sean Wallman. maybe we would have gotten like an owen and brett tag team match against the outlaws which might be interesting would have been can you imagine the old school hearts against the new yeah. age outlaws right and how great that would have been it's hard to say if it would if it would have been good or not only yeah. because the way the the way 98 was like the fulcrum that changed between the the still old school flavor of 97 yeah. and the Vince Russo ADD of 99 mm-hmm. it's hard to know like how brett's presence would have change I think that. a lot of, I think there's a lot of different things like you said the Owen and the Owen and uh, Brett. Brett situation oh, but, I would have loved that but team. what have been really cool is that maybe once all this fizzled out mm-hmm. you get into 99 and you want to do some fun stuff with Brett you could have a Heart Foundation original reunion with Jim and and Brett sure. just for like the fans like you know like just a fun 
little like yeah the heart foundation reunites like the original sure that would have worked and have brett maybe go out at the end of 99 as an active wrestler or 2000 or whatever have yeah. a few good matches and and wind it down and not get kicked in the head yeah there's a lot of things that could have happened and that's the whole point of this segment so as we wrap up here yeah it's that's a good pick when yeah uh, things would have changed if he didn't go to the wcw yeah I, I think the 98 faction warfare would have been really interesting it would have been great to see brett in the mix yeah you know at SummerSlam 98 just the heart foundation in general like yeah. all those guys like bulldog not like wearing jeans and like <laughs> no woof woof none of this sh- <laughs> i'm saying like because all yeah. those guys were useful and they just were, because they were associated with Brett, they just became nothing. Absolutely, yeah. Owen Owen tried, or they kind of half tried with him, but yeah. he would have, Owen would have had a better career. Regardless of his 99 and what happened, his 98 would have been better with Brett right, there. Right, right. So folks, let us know what you think would have happened if Bret Hart didn't go to WCW. Like I said, you can do that by uh, reaching us on Twitter, email us, or simply go to the Facebook group and we can all discuss it. But when we come back, we'll have our first Rushmore and Death Valley of the season. Back after this. This holiday season, just remember these careful words of wisdom. You're going to have a good time. You're going to be partying and you're going to be celebrating. But don't ever forget for one second that you can't make that one big deadly mistake. Just remember one thing. Don't drink and drive. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks so much for being with us here on Monday, February 26, 2018, for episode number 71. Hey, Quinn. Yes? It's time for Mount Rushmore. Did you know that? Is it? Yeah, we're still doing that. Wow. That'll be fun. Um, This is where, folks, we have put, and we will continue to put, each week, four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore, and four of the worst go down into the desert of Death Valley, and we do our very best to take fan requests as much as possible for these, and you can go to ovppodcast.com and go to the Suggestions tab and uh, open up the spreadsheet there and type it in. Quinn, we've got a suggestion here from Jimmy Borden, old uh-huh. friend of the show. Remember old Jimmy Borden? Yeah, there? old Jim. Old Jim. <laughs> old Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, he wants us to do the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... WCW Cruiserweight Champions. Now, Quinn, this has a a, a special place in your heart, does it not? I love the WCW Cruiserweight division. It is one of the best things WCW ever did. I think you're right about that. That was one of the, the unique aspects of Nitro, especially in 1996. Oh, definitely. And 97, because WWF, they didn't have no cruiserweights, and when they <laughs> when they brought <laughs> yeah. in the Lucha guys in, like, 97... Let's, I try not to think about that. It was so bad! Heavy like, metal. Yeah, heavy metal and Cybernetico and all this <laughs> bullshit and Mil Mascaris. Don't forget Latin Lover, too. Latin Lover. Yeah, it was horrible. But WCW did it right, and they did it so right that they had a highly sought after, sought after a competitive title, Quinn. Yes, and not only that, it was like an international title, if you look at its origins. Yes. To go all the way back to its origins, technically they lump it together with the light heavyweight title. Right, with a Flying Brian <sighs> yeah. as the original champion. A Jushin Liger held that, and Scotty Flamingo, so I guess that's... Yeah, Raven himself. Yeah. <laughs> I guess those are uh, those are fair game here. Yes, and actually, I just want to clarify because I actually totally forgot about this. But Shinjiro Otani was like first the one. first like official in the cruiserweight thing. Recently in Japan, the tournament concluded with Otani winning the championship. Because I remember 
as a kid that the cruiserweight division kind of appeared. Like it was like very like they were just yes. like, okay, there's cruiserweights now and there's a belt and Dean Malenko's the champion. Like they didn't like really like talk about this nonsense. That's true. Like it's true. Otani, you know who he beat for the title? He beat a uh, Voldemort. He beat Chris oh, Benoit. Dean, oh, Wild Pegasus, yeah. He did, yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it's like Dean Malenko's wrestling for uh the cruiserweight title, and then Scott Hall came out of the crowd shortly thereafter. It so it's like the same thing. Same like general yeah. period of time, like May. You yeah, know, it said 96. May eight May eighteenth it was aired that Dean Malenko won it right. on worldwide and not even on <laughs> yeah, like not even but although the name worldwide is apropos to a it was like a it was like there was like an actual guy from japan that it's won true. it in new japan of yep. all places it was a great title i yeah. mean that's where chris jericho made his name quinn there were a lot of guys that uh that sought after that belt there are a lot yeah. of great wrestlers that competed for it and i guess we'll take it all the way up to the uh the Hornswoggle lineage, that's official. Uh, that's the official ending, unfortunately. I, I really don't like to consider that part. of all the, the whole WWE part is bad. It is. I, I'll, I'll agree with you there. Yeah. Quinn, why don't you, to kick off the season here, why don't you give me the first of the best? What are you thinking? Honestly, yes. I, I really think the belt got established by Dean Malenko, and I I, I want to say he's like one of the best to me, personally. I'm not going to argue with you, Dean. He, he was so good, Jeff. Not only did he establish the belt, that run established him. Right. But it also made the cruiserweight belt at the same time. It was like a mutually beneficial scenario where no one really knew or cared about Dean Malenko in... The WCW fan didn't, I right. mean. Right, the, yeah. the ECW fan knew who he was because mm-hmm. he had been there. But no one really knew who the hell Dean Malenko was, Quinn. It wasn't like this was the ultimate warrior no, or it was, Hogan. In fact, he was very boring. Like, <laughs> he was. Like, as a personality, but as a professional wrestler, holy, holy shit, crap. Right? Like, it, the thing was, is what I always liked about Dean Malenko was that it, it seemed like actual worth, work ethic when you were watching him, right? Yes, in, in a kayfabe context as well, Yeah, right? it was like he always seemed to be fighting. Like, he'd always start this, like, dominating and posing, like, style in other yep. cruiserweights. But then, like, he was good at just, like, you know, he'd get beat up a little bit and then he'd come back and back and forth. He wasn't, he he started as a heel initially. As yes, he did. Champion. He was a heel. Uh, he was mainly heel, but then, like, later he became face, right? Right, I yeah. D- during the Chris Jericho feud, One of he the became best face. But And that's the thing. He had, like, a two-year on-again, off-again, love-hate love relationship with the cruiserweights title he was constantly right. in the in that scene I think there. he was also in the u.s title and tv title scene he was, as well but that jericho feud which was the 98 run mm-hmm. that cemented him as one of the all-time great cruiserweights of wcw yeah definitely it, it's it's interesting i with dean malenko is because his career in north america mm-hmm. you know he was in ecw yep and wcw yep. and he really only had like a little bit in wwf but it was about like five to six years i mean i know i know he wrestled like a long time before that he did but it was not in the mainstream and i think dean malenko's time in the mainstream mm-hmm. was very impactful to you know his reputation sure to me, he's a legend. He's, he should be a Hall of Famer. Like, I, I, he's really that good. He's a great technical wrestler and, and storyteller. You said it very well. Like, it looked like, from a kayfabe point of view, for a casual fan, even as a kid, you're watching a master of his craft. Right. When he was in the ring. And even when he was down and out, you saw him fight back. The only guy that could rival him, and I'm going to volley to you, mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio Jr. Yes. As far as Cruiserweight Champion. The other big name in 96 you know onward mm-hmm. in the cruiserweight sink when he won the title in, in the summer of 96 as well that's where and he was young you know yeah. nine, uh, like 22 years old maybe the thing with the thing with Ray is that people like to associate their their memories because Ray was the guy that got people to, uh, to notice really notice 
because he had flashy moves. And he was doing shit that no one was doing in in the U.S. The thing, the reason I don't put him number one is because I truly think the guy who did the work for it, and that is very unsung, was Dean. The constant. The constant, that he was the wrestler, and and not to mention he did flashy moves. I always hate when people are like, Dean Malenko was boring. The dude, I great stuff. listen, the, one of the greatest maneuvers I've ever seen in wrestling, period, mm-hmm. was the time Dean Malenko took Rey Mysterio, was on the top rope, yep. threw him in the air, and yep. he landed on his fucking knee. His Rey Mysterio's stomach landed yeah. on Dean Malenko's knee. It's one of the greatest wrestling moves I've ever seen in my life, and it was like on Nitro in like the match where they changed the title. Yeah, in July of 96, yeah. right, where the, the lawn dart era that was like a little after, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that, like, era, that right? was during spring break WCW 96. When they were right? outside? Yeah, the, the, I, I think usually it was like two to three weeks they mm-hmm. were outside because of spring break. Yep. He dove up. That's Ramos. There's the Cruiserweight champion, Ramos Dario. Oh, no. Bang. Head first. Is Malenko the number one? That I'm not going to argue that. Uh, yeah, but, I think Malenko really is the number one. And he also put the international flair into the Cruiserweight title. He did. Uh, he, he he did a little bit of everything. Stories, uh, importance, uh, international flair, okay. cool flashy moves. Okay, I'm not going to argue you know, it. Like, and the Jericho feud. Yeah, the Jericho feud. The, the storytelling. The like Ciclope. Yeah, you know, the, the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. I have nothing, no counter-argument to that. He's definitely one of my favorite cruiserweights, let alone yeah. champions, ever. Right. Um, okay, so for number one, Dean Malenko. But what about Mysterio? Yes, I mean, okay, so Mysterio's got to be two, right? Because I think so. he's the guy that um, I think a lot of fans, they remember. He's the most memorable this little Absolutely. guy that's doing fucking moves that nobody ever like seriously nobody really nobody. had ever seen that stuff before like he it was yeah. it was crazy like unless you were like Manch unless you were like him or right. like one of his disciples no but yeah. if you're casual like big fat Tony down in the land like, oh time to watch wrestling right. oh hey that little midget guy flipping around in there but nothing against no one had Tony. seen that nothing against no. Tony it's like Tony's it's, probably a nice guy it's the idea that Tony didn't really get to see this shit before that, that's the point like, I was and, trying to and make and Rey Mysterio hasn't seen is, his feet in three years either <sighs> Ray Mysterio is like introducing it. Yes. To, but not only that, he's making it cool. Yes. And it, there's even other weird stuff that we don't think about that Ray Mysterio made cool. Like nobody was really wrestling in a Lucha Libre mask style thing before him. You know, that's true. Like, yeah, like there was guys like, you know, the Killer Bees or whatever. Oh, no, like, yeah, but the- <laughs> like, you know, there was that shit. Don't and, bring up Brian. And Blair. even they had like Japanese wrestlers in masks before, but it was not like this Lucha Libre, like that it wasn't yeah. associated with like this Mexican style of wrestling. Right. Where like we had had the Japanese influence. Right. But Ray really did bring and he is credited with it and rightfully so. Lucha Libre to the United States on, yeah. a, on a large scale. And all every facet of it, the colorful masks, the uh, the style, the really launching yourself out there yes, style, like the moves, the style, the mask, all of it, all the whole, the look, the uh, accent, uh, like, yeah, the axe, every every aspect of Yo, Lucha Libre, yes. Rey Mysterio pretty much brought it. And I think 
the way it's presented in the United States, mm-hmm. it always comes from how Ray did it, right? It's not yes. it's not any other because I'm sure there was plenty of great lucha libre wrestlers with different styles. And oh stuff yeah, definitely. in Mexico, sure. But in the United States, it's associated. Oh, it's that thing Ray Mysterio started. He is so influential. That is one of the reasons why Vince poached from AAA in early '97. Yeah, he poached the wrong guys. Yeah, from AAA, the not Ray Mysterio yeah. people, basically the Hector Garza. <laughs> yeah, that was supposed to be like the big deal there. The team of Octagon and Hector Garza. Who cares? But I mean, Ray Mysterio made a name for himself in this country based on that run in WCW from 96 until, you know, the unmasking era I didn't like yeah. of him. But that 96 to 99 run where he was the yeah. luchador, the tiny 5'3", 140 pounds. Yeah. Love it. And it's no wonder that Vince McMahon himself Mm-hmm. I identified this, and he was one of the main free agents that Vince wanted after the collapse of WCW. He knew. Yeah. He saw the dollar side. That's he true. said, if I get Rey Mysterio now, yep. this I, I'm going to make a big thing about this internationally. Yep, and uh, it all stemmed from his prolific run in WCW in the Cruiserweight yeah, division and, and as a Cruiserweight champion. And people laugh, laughed at the time, but I, I think it was a big deal that Rey Mysterio went on to be the world champion. It all comes from this Cruiserweight run. I think that's fair. Um, whether you like him or not, yeah. I, I personally I like him, but I don't like heavyweight champion Rey Mysterio. I think it was a bit of a reach. Yeah, but I think it, it also need, a- <laughs> I think it needed to happen. And then he was uh, number 30 in the 2014 Royal Rumble, and everyone hated him. He went to Lucha. He was great. He came back recently, and he was jacked. Everyone, yeah, he was awesome. All right, so we're putting him in for number two. We got to. We got to. He's, right. he's the cruiserweight title to me. I'm with you for number two, Rey Mysterio Jr. What's on your mind, Michael? Well, okay. So this is where it gets interesting. Sure. Because there's a couple of guys I want to talk about, but there's not enough space in the Rushmore. Okay. What do we got? You know I love Chris Jericho as a Cruiserweight champion. Sure. But I might like him better as a TV champion. I'm not sure. He was great as both, Quinn. Yeah. Yeah, He was great as both. It's tough. Um, But there's also Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, Eddie Guerrero was cruiserweight champion, right? Ninety seven, a lot. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I remember um, Eddie Guerrero famously had some great matches with Rey Mysterio. Yes, um, there's a famous one at Halloween Havoc, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's the one people bring up. Yes. There's a because they fought Havoc. a lot. Like, yes, I know the Halloween Havoc one is a famous one. I haven't gone back and watched it recently, but I remember. At, I remember. I think I ordered that pay per view. Believe it or not, really? Yeah, because there was some <laughs> WCW pay per views I I ordered for some reason. Don't do things like that. Yeah, yeah. It was the, Halloween Havoc '97. Yeah, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> well, '97 was like a hot year for WCW. Some might so, say yes. Yeah, so. You know, it's. I know I saw that match because I remember people talking about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, I saw that. Like, you know, it was one of those situations. <laughs> yeah, that's one of their uh, very well regarded matches yeah. with Halloween Havoc 97. I think it was like the opening match. It was. And yeah, it was, it, the it was good. It was yep. just, I remember it being good. And I, I just, Eddie Guerrero is another memorable cruiserweight guy. But here's the problem is there's so many, right? Yeah. So it's Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero. And the third one I wanted to mention, Ultimo, Ultimo Dragon. Dragon. He was so good. He was going to be my number three, okay, I think. Okay, okay. Let's, because- let's talk about it him for a second who the fuck talks about ultimo dragon not enough people ultimo dragon you know who wcw called ultimate dragon for a while until <laughs> yeah. they realized oh that's not his name <laughs> yeah it's like very blatantly not <laughs> yeah. his name but they just kept calling him that the ultimo dragon was uh was awesome because he came in and he brought the japan flair right the japan mass wrestler so up to this time we had dean malenko like a north american like wrestler right gritty 
gritty, like technical style, like almost like Arn Anderson, but a cruiserweight, yeah, right? Yeah, the Iceman style, the Iceman, you know? right? Then we had Ray Mysterio, like the Lucha Yo Libre, Yo Holmes from Mexico, right? <laughs> yeah. And this was cool. It was like, okay, like two, the like kid Mexico, friendly. Mexico's fighting North America. This is <laughs> the war of NAFTA. And then even you got Chris Jericho. He's Canadian, right? Yeah, that's see, so, NAFTA. So you got Cana- Canada up there. Yeah, Canada, yeah. But then you add Ultimo Dragon in here, and like now Japan. Like, now it's like World War II. Yeah, it's like World War Three, really. I mean, <laughs> and it would happen at World War Three yes, a couple times. But um, Ultimo Dragon with Sonny Ono, of yes. course, was a, a refreshing presence. Yes, wouldn't he you definitely say? Definitely was different. His move set was very much um, what you would see in Japan today. Is yes. um, um, it was like handsprings kind of thing, yep. like not like the same style of like flippity no, no, floppity, no. like v- very gymnastic, very rhythmic. Uh, right, Asai Moonsault. I right, think he it popularized that actually, or was, was one of the people that a, did. He was essentially the modern day version of Tiger Mask in a just lot of ways. In yeah. WCW cruiserweight division. It was bringing mm-hmm. the Tiger Mask aspect to it. He was great. He's what Hakushi should have been. Right. You know, Vince, like he like, knew what to do with yeah. Hakushi. And unfortunately, Hakushi went back to like all Japan or something. And he was he great, would have right? been right at yeah. home in this cruiserweight division. Like, honestly, he would have. He would have been great there. Yeah. But uh, I mean, Ultimo Dragon's great. Right. He was awesome. And he didn't talk. No, he, he had a, a manager. Had I mean, Sonny occasionally, Ono. and he had the mist too. They don't forget the mist. He did the mist. That's right. He yeah. did the mist. Or it's the fun dip, as my friend would, used to call it. <laughs> Essentially, was Kool Aid, yeah. whatever yeah. it was. Ultimo Dragon was just one of those intangibles uh, in the cruiserweight division that, when he wasn't there, you know, later it was weird to not have that presence there. Yeah, he kind of just disappeared off the face of the earth, and then he would reappear in the WWF later and trip yeah. on his cape. If During, you remember, in his debut. Yeah, I always felt oh. bad because it was like, oh yeah, Ultimo Dragon's coming back. It's like. Like, I knew he wouldn't be bad, and he wasn't. He still was right. the same Ultimo Dragon. It was just his first impression. I know. Ruined. It was so sad. He wasn't even that old. He was probably in his mid thirties. Yeah, then. he had many years <laughs> left. Yeah. He had a lot of mileage Ugh. left, and it was just a shame. Really frustrating. Can we agree that he's number three? I, I was going to say him for number three. I don't know because really? I, okay. I, I think we got a couple more to go over here. It, All right. I hate to say it. It's just the cruiserweight division is very jam packed. The more I look at it, Hooventude, Hoovy. Yeah. Hoovy. Okay, Hooventude is, he's good. He's very good, but is he like, like, here's the problem with Hooventude, right? Mm -hmm. I feel that him and another guy who I wanted to nominate too, Psychosis, are very interchangeable. Don't be racist, Quinn. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. you can't even. They're wearing masks. You can't even fucking see them. Like, they're wearing they masks. Have, like body suits. I know. On. Like, no, I know. Hypnosis is. Uh, <laughs> I always. Yeah, I remember Brett called him hypnosis. Yeah. How about hypnosis? Let's get throw psychosis. Psychosis. Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler. I always found him a lower version of of Hoovy, though. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, you found him to be a higher one. I think it depended on the time. I okay. think at different months of the year. <laughs> one. I'm serious. Like, because fucking that, astrology involved. No, no, here? no. I I just mean that the way WCW's cruiserweight division it was very competitive right and certain people would elevate at different times and there was points where no psychosis is number one contender or no hooventude is the number one contender okay. it was like always those two were the always like the chasers like i always felt and but they were really good that was the thing they were perfect rivals for ray mysterio chasers was that a tequila joke <laughs> no yeah stop now which wrestler tequila okay. juice <laughs> let's you know what let's get all the rest of the actual possible nominees there because we got two spots and we're gonna have to start narrowing down okay so we okay let's the list right now Right now, as it stands, it's Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, yeah. Ultimo Dragon, Dragon Hooventude, Psychosis, Psychosis, and Billy Kidman. Really? He was, like, fucking ridiculous. Like, 
He was. Now, like, was he uh, the champion for long? A um, couple of times, He had a couple right? reigns. He had a yeah. couple of reigns, 98, 99 period yeah, time. I mean, when he burst on the scene as a Cruiserweight champion, he was awesome. Would you say, Quinn, that the division started to tail off around 99? Yes. And not be as important? But Billy Kimmon was the last star. Of the old guard. The last guy that like, was made a star out of it. And he was competing within it under, you know, under, you know, Billy Kidman with the flock, I think. Fake before. sick boy. Yeah, fake sick boy. Like, even all during <laughs> it, was. but when they, I think when they finally gave him the title, he was Billy Kidman by that point. The clean cut. The clean like cut, like white, the white, wife beater. Yeah, white, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. You know what was great about him? He was the, he, he was presented like average. Right. With all these superhero type people, like the sure. Iceman and Rey Mysterio, the all like superhero and, and masked and shit. Right. Here's Billy Kidman. What I always liked about him is I felt like Hey, that's like me if I was right. in the cruiser. You know, like as a kid, you're yeah. like an American kid in your house. Like it's like, oh, Billy Kidman's like little Mac or whatever, right? right? Like if you're Fat Tony's son in Atlanta, right. he's yeah. like, oh, you could do that stuff there, ho. right? That's what Billy Kidman represented to me, and I really like that. Okay, well then, since we have two spots left, yeah. let's, let's let's talk here. When, when we're talking about Eddie Guerrero, I want to talk about Guerrero and Jericho real quick. Mm-hmm. I don't think cruiserweights when I think about either of them. No, really? I, I think Eddie Guerrero, definitely. I think of it, when I think Eddie Guerrero, I more think the, the WWE run, believe it or not. Interesting. For most people, I don't. Like with Jericho, I think WCW. I know a lot of people who actually consider Eddie a cruiserweight first because that's how he was. I mean, when he I first came it. in, he was U.S. champion. We had the fluffy mustache but and everything. he was like, yeah, he was like, he, he was like somebody's dad or something. He looked he like looked, Hector. Yeah, he looked weird. And But when he became the Eddie that like with the, the greasy hair. Greasy Eddie. And like heel and shit. And he yes. was awesome. He was a, that was when he was a cruiserweight. You're right. Like, you know, that, you're right. That's you're right. when the Eddie we like became about that's a good point actually yeah it started in the cruiserweight and, division and if he wasn't that he would never have even been on the level right that he attained he made a character out of himself in the cruiserweight division You're which, right. as we're seeing so here Jericho. was jam-packed with and like that, characters and that's one thing that helps you um stand out amongst right. you know the the masked Eddie was Luchador just. Style. Eddie had a slick cool look to him in he the did. in the cruiserweight remember right. he took You're the right. shirt off Mm. He, no, but the, that was. A, I think the idea was that is is he looked bigger than the other cruiserweights, yes, he but did. he was still slim. And he lost some weight, and his mustache tell. wasn't as fluffy. Yeah, that was good. And his hair was slicked back. It was so I, much he better. He just looked cool. As he looked hell. younger because when yeah, he, he came did, in, he did. He looked younger when he came in, and he he looked like the gobbledygooker. It felt like somebody's dad, like wrestling. It really did. Yeah. And but, he's like 20-something. Let's say the two um, guys that went on a greater success, Eddie and Jericho. Right. So Let's weigh them out here's here. Here's the argument against Jericho against, first. First against. of all, it's against. Jericho, Eddie. while he did his best stuff mm-hmm. in, in WCW as a cruiserweight, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jericho ultimately, first of all, I always thought it was pushing it that he was a cruiserweight in the first place. Yeah, I know. And I think WCW knew that. I think that was the the almost the comic aspect to it is sure. like here's this guy's a little too big for this a little bit uh, but he did do his best stuff right and that's the problem but also the other thing with jericho is he his highest of highs really were tv, TV title champion, that few with saturn that few with goldberg and unifying the two world belts and then at wwf the, in yeah. wwf and his run uh against uh triple h in 2000 and all that stuff is too. jericho too He's too multifaceted yes. to say that he was one of the best cruiserweight champions. Right. He was one of the, he's the funniest 
I mean, the whole introduction <laughs> you know? of the cruiserweights yeah. is literally one. Of, it's one of the best things, period, that happened yeah. in the cruiserweight division. This guy used to be a great bartender, but it hasn't translated to his wrestling skills. He's the scourge of the illustrious Guerrero family. He is Chavo Guerrero Jr. But that alone, that's not enough, I don't think. Yeah, to... but I mean, that was also part of the whole Cyclope angle, like the idea that he was I mean, disparaging was. Dean Malenko for months. Months, Joe. Not This wasn't a short-term thing. I know. It was a long-ass feud. Malenko involved, retired and went and home. And it involved every single member of the that was at the top of the Cruiserweight division at the time. Hoovy, Psychosis, That's how right. Hooventude lost his mask. Yeah, that's and right. Rey Mysterio, I think, got injured his leg. Yeah, and yeah that's like, what it was. It was like Jericho was like a menace. And there was Johnny Swinger. Swanger. Johnny Swanger <laughs> and Lenny Lane. Give me back my lover boy tape. <laughs> yeah. That whole thing. Fake, uh, fake Chris Jericho, Lenny Lane. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, remember they would... Sw- so maybe Chris Jericho is because he was the, he did some great work. As far as stories go, Jericho was the bread and butter of the cruiserweight division during that time. Period. Not to be confused with the Brett Butler of the cruiserweight division. <laughs> yes, but, Quentin, Quentin. No, but seriously, Brett. Uh, he was. Yeah, he brought I agree the, with you. He brought the story. So is it Jericho and Eddie? And, and or but look, but Ultima. That's the thing. Okay. Hoovy good, Psychosis good, Kidman good, but the it's down to these three, I think, Quinn. Ultimo. Ultimo Dragon, Chris Jericho, and Eddie Guerrero. Yes. Because that is, they were necessities. Whereas, like, Hoovy was great. Mm-hmm. Psychosis is great, too. Kidman was good. They needed to be there for there to be a division, yeah. but they weren't the best. Correct. And not not to say they weren't, they were the champion, obviously. obviously. Everyone's a champion on here. But as we'll see later, uh, there's going to be some bad champions. Right. I would say that Ultima Dragon is the best wrestler out of those three. Actual in really? ring over wrestler. Jericho? Yes, I would. In ring at the time. I don't mean you can't go long term. Oh, okay. You know, first, I thought Jericho was good back then too. That's Ultimo the Dragon was doing shit that no one had really been doing. Maybe except Chris Jericho. Eddie Guerrero was good was too. a fantastic wrestler at the time as well. I think Dragon's the best of the wrestlers, but he was also the most boring. That's interesting. Uh, that you, I do. I think a lot of people would say Eddie was the best of the well, three. Well, they can. I mean, that's fine. That's mm. that's their advantage, right? Point. Yeah, mine is. I think Dragon Personally, was the most interesting. I just, I just like Ultima. Like a too. lot of it is just I loved him. Like I thought he he had like he looked like the um the Dragon Sword guy uh, from the Green Ranger. The Green Ranger. <laughs> he did from, with yeah. the I was like I was like vest. this is cool as hell. He's got the fucking shield <laughs> thing on. Like I I He's don't know summoning the uh, Dragon Sword with the had, flute. Yeah, and he had the mist, and he I, I just. Mist. Fuck it, put it at Ultimo Dragon. Nobody ever talks about Ultimo Dragon. I know. And not I, enough love for Ultimo Dragon. Not enough love, and I was I was wanted him on number three anyway. So yeah. no argument there, and then we'll we'll put these other two against each other. Okay. So for number three, Ultimo Dragon. Jericho or Eddie Quinn. I'll give you first dibs it's on that. So hard. I love Chris Jericho. I think Eddie Guerrero, though, really came into his own in the cruiserweight division and he only Jericho now here's the thing with Eddie yeah he went into the cruiserweight division already one of the best wrestlers in the company he was a great wrestler it was a downgrade for him to be in the cruiserweight division to be honest with you he was a US title he was the second top title holder like Ric Flair yeah Eddie was no joke but when he went to the cruiserweight division it gave him a character and I think that was important um, does it make him the best cruiserweight champion? That's the problem. I think Jericho also was established by the cruiserweight division. Yes. I think Jericho is more entertaining, and Eddie is entertaining. More right. entertaining than Eddie Guerrero. See, okay, so Eddie established that heel asshole character, yeah. but he had not established the um 
the bandit type character yet, which is what people really remember him for. That in was the a WWE. little later, yeah, right? in WWE, the, yeah. the always stealing titles and, mm-hmm. and and getting away with stuff. That was later. That's the Eddie people really love. And this Eddie was just a prick, basically. He was an asshole. He was a prick. Yeah. But Jericho was a funnier prick. Jericho, Monday Night Jericho, It was Yeah. Where was I even going? I mean, I love Eddie. You're fighting for Eddie. That's fine. Listen, I don't want to, like... I just want to, before we, like, move on, like, Eddie was really good. Like, that's not a knock against Eddie. There's just only four spots. If there was five, Eddie would be five. five. Yeah. Well, there you go. Now Vicky will be happy knowing that you said that. Excuse me? (laughs) For number four, though, Chris Jericho. Well, to recap for Donnie, here is our four best. The Mount Rushmore of WCW Cruiserweight Champions. We have Dean Malenko, Rey Mysterio Jr., the Ultimo Dragon, and Chris Jericho. That's a list right there, man. That's elite. That's pretty elite. That's four of the best. Quinn, I'm going to kick it off with one of the worst, if you don't mind here. Sure. It's a guy named Oklahoma. (sighs) Yeah. Ed Ferrara, folks. Now, okay, quick background on that. Ed Ferrara, the writing partner of Vince Russo in the WWF starting in 98, jumped over with Russo in uh, September, October of 99. For some godforsaken reason, they did two things with Ed Ferrara. He did a full-dress parody of Jim Ross that was funny for like 10 seconds. Yeah, nobody cared after that. And then it was never funny. It was like, I never want to see this again. Oh! Look at that! Drop kick from the top, bro! That's how you do it. You gotta speak in sound bites, son. You speak in sound bites. Then he wins the cruiserweight title from uh, Medusa because that's necessary. Okay, first of all, this whole Medusa, and I remember Evan Courageous. She won it from Evan Courageous, yes. This, listen. It stinks! I'm gonna say something here. Go ahead, Quinn. They were already teasing the idea that the division was becoming a joke. But they weren't quite there yet. Like, I know Disco had been the champion, but I like Disco as the champion. He's okay. Like, no, but he was actually, like, entertaining. Like, it made made sense. The whole, he was also the guy, he was one of the first guys to do the whole, I'm not on the level with the weight. Yes. And, like, but he overtly said it. And, like, he would, like, cheat and stuff. So I was fine with Disco. Perfectly acceptable cruiserweight champion, right? Right. Exactly. And they were teasing that shit. For for a while, right? Yes. But then they get to this Evan Courageous. I think it was like a love he triangle stunk. thing. And Evan Courageous sucked. He was a decent like high flyer. Decent though. But he this was the beginning of these people are the minor league because I don't now like that. now like after this it's like other than Kidman kind of holding down the floor right. as the reputable guy from the previous gen. Yeah, it was all like women and like people who sucked from like the performance center or whatever the WCW <laughs> one was called. You know what I'm talking the about? The power plant. The power plant. <laughs> yes. And like just nobody's like I'm like seeing like Crowbar and Daphne and sure. like problem here, Quinn, is every single wrestler you just mentioned still a better cruiserweight champion than Ed Ferrara as Oklahoma. Right. And There's I think no Eddie, way. But and that's, I guess that's what I'm bringing back around the yeah. point here is that Ed Ferrara is the ultimate like middle finger to this. It's like the look at all this cool shit that happened. Oh yeah. wait Oklahoma. Fuck this belt doesn't matter anymore. And who was running WCW at the time? His partner in crime there right. Vince Russo. So it was just like a clear in that whole period is just a reflection of Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara not believing that cruiserweights can get over, which, as we just discussed in the Rushmore... They already were over! They were Like, there was no point of doing this! They didn't need to do this to the title, whatever you think of it. And Mm -hmm. Ed Ferrara, not only did he not need to be making fun of JR while WWF is kicking their ass in the ratings, he didn't need to be the cruiserweight champion. 
It stinks. I don't like it. And if you're okay with it, I want to put it on as number one, Quinn. It's terrible, yeah. Number one. Number one. Oklahoma. Die, die, die. Now, I'm just going to skip ahead because this, this, this it has to, right? The bad la- is bad. Bad is la- bad. The last one is the worst, might be as bad as Oklahoma. It's a Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle, the, that's uh, the, the ul- little bastard. That's the ultimate, like, the final, like, fuck you, we don't care about this. Like, which is upsetting because... <sighs> Here's why I always defend cruiserweights is because it's actively still going on in like other companies, Ring of Honor and stuff like that. Lucha they're, they're Underground, not, not like official cruiserweights. No, but they're that size. There's that size, right? Jack and, Evans, for and, example. Yes, Jack Evans or something, right? But also, if you go to say Japan, they Match. have a very active junior and competitive with storylines mm-hmm. and shit like that uh-huh. a junior heavyweight division which is essentially the cruiserweights absolutely and it's it's treated like the intercontinental title like the number two to the like no it's a big deal it's yeah. taken seriously yeah in fact there was a tradition um which i just learned about actually mm-hmm. that for many years there, there's an anniversary show for njpw every year and the tradition was is that the junior heavyweight champion would face the heavyweight champion in the main event that's like a perfectly acceptable and logical cogent thing to do yes and it just shows you <laughs> hey we give a fuck right, about this exactly. belt like it's important it's like to us it's the level right. it's just these guys way different correct like they have a different weight okay you know um, what i mean like i, I it's so back to that swoggle, said, right swoggle. it's insulting like you it, think it, so it's right terrible because it's supposed to be funny that it's look like, he's a midget so he's small enough right and no but it's saying that all these people up to now correct. they're just midgets to you they're yes. equivalent to fucking midgets like no <laughs> and i have no problem with little people or anything no, of like not. that what did they ever do to you it's just Kick it's you in just the ankle. it's the symbolism behind it it's what the yeah, wwf saying here it's saying that midgets are equivalent to cruiserweights yeah i get it and it was like the thing about the wwf in that period of time that was 2007 mm-hmm. anytime you needed a cheap punchline it's Hornswoggle. Right. Oh, Vince McMahon's kid, that's Hornswoggle. Now, Hornswoggle as a worker, I actually kind of respect Fine. him because he he did so many things. Like, he was versatile as far as his role. Like, yeah, but I, he was a punchline, Quinn. But he was a punchline, yeah. You need an anonymous GM. Oops, it was Hornswoggle right. from under the ring. Yeah. You know, you need a, a guy to make fun of a girl and, like, pull her shirt off. It's yeah. Hornswoggle. Right. You know what I'm saying? He was always yes. the punchline. And I just meant to say nothing against Hornswoggle. No, no, no. Like, I think he's a wrestler. I respect that guy wrestler. because he dealt with a lot of shit and he, he put a good face on it all. But, I mean, this, yeah. is, this is the ultimate, like, using Hornswoggle as a punchline. As a punchline to put down this shit. So I would say then for number two. Because yeah. it is number two, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hornswoggle. Yeah. Die, die, die. Quinn, I got one for you. Sure. Remember uh, little Guido, or what was his name, Nunzio? Nunzio. Like, why, why with that guy? Okay. He sucked. Actually, I never thought mm. he was a horrible wrestler Poopy. or anything. Okay, fine. I, th- I thought he, like, I, I've seen much worse in the cruiserweight division. Like Kid Cash? <laughs> no, actually, oh, this, this guy, while he had a great gimmick as the Hurricane, when he was a cruiserweight mm. champion, he was a cruiserweight champion for more than a year, and this is to me what started to sink the division. Gregory Helms was the Gregory Helms era. Okay. This is the point when fine. they decided this. We don't even care. We're not even going to have this guy defend That's the belt fine. anymore. He's just going to be the champion forever, and we're going to say he's so good, but he never does anything. What's one of the things that makes a champion good? Defending the title, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like he would come on SmackDown like every couple weeks. 
just to like say they did it right and but he was essentially a jobber like a gen like generally he would fight like other people and lose to them like it was like he had the cruiserweight title but like he would be in non-title matches against other people so that like booker t could kick his ass or (laughs) something i get what you're saying he was just enhancement talent that had the belt right and didn't defend it enough right and that's the thing this is one of the things where we might put him on not because he's a bad wrestler but he also brought the title down because he was a bad champion yeah there's a lot though joe because i also sorry i just have to bring this up too because i'm seeing it remember this whole chavo classic situation oh chavo senior yeah fuck it he's going on yeah because why no he's part of he's part of the problem though he's part of the problem it's like him hornswoggle jacqueline had it and gregory helms jacqueline jacqueline this is the whole wwf mistreating it thing to me, it was like Gregory Helms. There was a couple champions in between, yeah. but it was essentially like Lawnmower Hooventude. Yeah, leading up to like completely like fuck this title. Like, Remember Lawnmower Hooventude? Yeah, that year is what <laughs> sunk the belt for good. Right? Like, I'm with you. So it's nothing against Gregory Helms. Yeah. I can't recall. Shane Helms. Right. The wrestler. If, if Gregory Helms sunk the belt, Hornswoggle put the final nail in the coffin. Put the but final was, anchor into the boat. Yeah, final anchor into the boat or whatever. But Gregory Helms is like what did it. Yeah, I don't like that version of him. Yeah. And I don't like that reign. We're putting them on? Yeah. Our, our intention here is clear. It's not because he's a bad wrestler. It's because it was a bad reign. Yeah. It was bad for him. It, it was, was a bad reign for the designed title. to get people to like... Away from it. Yeah, it was designed to get people to not remember the Cruiserweight title anymore. Correct. Remember, like, for a quick example, remember when um Dean Ambrose was the U.S. champion for, like, over a year and never it was defended so that, it? You know, like, people didn't care about the U.S. title. Yes. They cared about the Intercontinental title. Correct. Like, they, it's, it's WWE's la- it. lazy way of yep. being like, we don't have the resources to book this thing. Well, we don't so care like, enough. Yeah, here's some guy who's sort of reputable. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Gregory Helms, like, at the time, he was, was a good like, wrestler. he was a good wrestler, so everyone's like, and it's believable. Yeah. You know, like... Did nothing with it. Do nothing. I'm with you. Yeah. For number three, Gregory Holmes. Die, die, die. So, Chavo Classic, does he merit discussion so here? So Chavo Classic. That's Senior. Chavo Senior. Yeah, Chavo Senior. <sighs> I don't who see... Who the fuck is Mike Sanders? I, I don't, don't even know who he I'm is. I'm sorry. I'm not sure who that is. I don't remember this guy. I don't know what to tell you. Please allow me to introduce the latest member of Spook Entertainment Extreme, Mike Sanders. Remember when X-Pac had it? Not yeah. six, not six. Okay. X-Pac. This Actually, w- any version of Sean Waltman having that was dumb. Listen, you know what the X-Pac version of this was? Yeah. That was the same idea of giving Gregory Helms the title just earlier. It was, hey, yeah. he's reputable. Right. It was the same thing, but actually less, because if you look at how long he held it, it wasn't as long. I also, yeah, but like, don't forget, Quinn. He won it in 97 and did nothing with it until Jericho well, beat him for that, it. Well, the idea behind that was to give the NWO... Yeah, the, but well, he didn't, he, it didn't matter. Listen, I'll defend that, and you know why? All right, go ahead. Let, let me just put it You always you defend way. WWE's bad 97 no, no, booking. No, 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 no. You do. No, listen. The whole thing behind giving X-Pac the title or six or whatever... Yeah. Was you're, you're essentially saying that this title's important enough that the NWO from the main here wants to get their hands on it. It was the NWO's representative getting the the cruiserweight title. It's it's saying the cruiserweight title was actually of some kind of importance. Maybe he won it when it was important, but then he dragged it down for like yes, ever and I, never and defended listen, it. Really, that was not good. But yeah. that there's much worse. So who who's the worst then? I mean, I I don't like Sean Waltman ever as the champion. But if I'm not gonna right. going to fight too hard for it, it's the number four spot on. on what about this, so. Funaki? Because it was a joke. Yes. 
It yeah, was like an absolute was, okay. ridiculous, stupid thing. It was a joke when Funaki had it. It's like, oh, 405. Yeah, that yeah. era. I, I, mean, I don't know. I, I think Chavo <laughs> Classic, definitely. Chap- Chavo Classic? What are we talking about? Why? It was just stupid. It was a again, triple threat match yeah. where like he was like in it and Spike Dudley or something. Yeah. Which Spike is... I have no problem with Spike Dudley, actually. I know you don't like him or anything. I don't. But like, he's... As a cruiserweight, he makes sense, right? He I makes mean, like, sense. Yeah, it's, there's nothing like wrong with that logic. But Chavo Sr. here, who's closing in on 60, mm-hmm. it's just dumb. Big opportunity for Funaki here tonight against, well, perhaps the most unlikeliest of cruiserweight champions. Because it was just a gimmick and it wasn't to make the belt any better. And yeah. it's either, in my mind, it's him or it's freaking Sean Waltman. If we want to talk about like a disappointing long ass reign, it's Sean Waltman's first reign in 97. I didn't like it. Right. Because, you know, up until X Pac winning it, or mm-hmm. six at the time, it was the competitive division with Dean Malenko and all these other guys, right? Ray Mysterio, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, it's like now it's another NWI angle. They dragged the main event style booking into the Cruiserweight, where it's like, oh, we have the Cruiserweight title, brother. And they just parade around like fuckwads that do nothing, and he, it stunk. I just think you're being too harsh. Right? I think you like the NWO too much. Well, I just, at the, 97, that's fine. If it was 98 or 90, like 2000 or some shit, I'd have a problem with it but this is a point when we're saying like the cruiserweight title matters enough that the nwo like wants it no it's not and they did nothing with it for six months that's my problem with it they did nothing with every belt they had that's not a good thing <laughs> that doesn't mean you defend that i'm just saying like I oh he know. never wrestled cool that's good that makes him a bad champion <laughs> chavo senior then it's Since you're Ch- not going to agree Listen, with me here. Well, Chavo Sr. is much worse. It's you, easier you, to make fun of Chavo Sr. It's, it's, it's way more unacceptable. No, it's not, but our fans will let us know that. Fine. Chavo Sr. for number four. Die, die, die. One of these days, you're going to realize what I'm talking about with this NWO Listen, shit. Listen, I'm not how... defending it. I'm just you saying. You are defending it. I'm not. <sighs> you're like, yeah, it's fine. Listen, I'm not saying it's good, but Chavo Classic, come I'm, on. Like, you just put them on. Yeah, I'm just I, like, there's four spots. I put them on. There's Swoggle, there's Helms. Yes, they're all. All bad. They're, they're, and if it were up Oklahoma to me, and if it were up to me, Sean Waltman would be on this. Maybe six. I want to know what you guys not think. Not X Pac, though. I thought that was that made yeah, sense. But to six me. was bad. Yeah. All right. To recap for Donnie here, it's Oklahoma Hornswoggle, Gregory Helms, and Chavo Classic. They all sucked, so it's fine. I'm fine with yeah. that being on there. But let me know about Sean Waltman. Anyway, when we come back, we're um we're reviewing something, Quinn, and it's it's okay. The <laughs> thing we're reviewing, it's fine. Yeah, it's acceptable. Something you'll find out what we think right after this. Check this out. Isn't this stuff cool? It's the new WCW official merchandise. And it's excellent. They've got foam fingers, fan packs, tote bags, championship belts, clocks, something for everyone. And this is my favorite. I bought it all. And so can you. Just call toll-free to order your WCW catalog at 1-800-4WCW now. It sucks! Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks so much for how you've been with us here for episode number 71 here on Monday, February 26th. 2018 Quinn we're reviewing something we are we are this is good uh it's interesting it's okay it's not bad it's, it's a nice little snapshot of a unique period of time it's not good it's not good you're right it, it's, it's not just, bad though it, it is 
<laughs> it just exists, right? It's yeah. like tap water. Yeah. It's not good. No one's ever like, oh, this is really good tap water. Well, there is good tap water. No, there's not. Sometimes. All right. Well, this is, folks, uh, WWF superstars from February 15th, 1998. But there's a, a catch. Yes. It's not the American version of superstars, which was basically just a recap show for the past yes. year. With the theme, uh, you know, Superstars! It's not that. It is actually the UK version. So, crikey. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, two fat ladies. Yeah, crookie. Cr- <laughs> crookie and crikey. And, crikey. Um, you know, hello, chops and all that yeah, stuff. Yep. And it was on Sky Sports. And in the UK, and I believe Canada and other English-speaking places like Australia. Yeah. Uh, crikey. Crikey. Uh, South Africa. Crikey. crikey. Scotland. Crikey. crikey. Ireland. Crikey. crikey. But over there, the... Um, the Superstars program was actually a little bit different. They would take matches from Shotgun Saturday Night and they would have new commentary over it. We're going to meet our commentators shortly. And they would also do recaps of Raw and stuff. So it's not the same show that we got yeah. in the U.S. It's more akin to like the real superstars with exclusive matches. Right. And this gets confusing, too, as far as the commentary. Because yes. there's actually like other commentators that are yeah, like you'll see in this. the frame. And yeah. like they're part of the even the action sometimes. And the announcers have to kind of cover for it. Yeah. So let's get right into it. We actually have a cold open. And I want to make a note here. I had to find the opening of the show. <laughs> on a different YouTube video and then the remainder of the show is on one YouTube it's video. It's kind of amazing that the that match just exists yeah, on its own on a year, YouTube. From years ago uh, too. Yeah. With horrible quality horrible bad quality. audio. And that match is Owen Hart. Now this is during the pre-danger but so he's Blackheart. He Blackheart. Blackheart. Owen, Owen Hart versus Jesus Castillo. Or Jesus as uh, yeah, they Jesus says on his, <laughs> on his graphic. Just in big capital letters Jesus. Yep. Jesus! And to give you some perspective this is February of 1998 so 20 years ago but this is uh, during a very interesting time I mentioned because it's during the tail end of the Shawn Michaels era right? and the start really of the Attitude Era and yes. Steve Austin that's the period of time so that's why you have shit like Owen Hart versus Jesus Jesus. Yeah. Because that shit was still going on. Los Bariquas are still around, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. And they're in their full, like, we're hoodlums era. Yeah, it's not white pants era. <laughs> yeah, it's not like we're Ice from... Cream man. Yeah, they, where they look like Cuban or something. Puerto Rican, I, Yeah, yes. like, with the white pants. Yeah, they're not just like, yo, homes were Puerto Rican. They're like, no, we're, we're hoods. We're Latin kings or something. I don't yeah, know what it they, was. Yeah, they, they wore, like, weird, like, ski jackets and stuff yes. all the time. Like, <laughs> it was very strange. So as we alluded to, there's some weirdness here because the ground Graphics also say shotgun, even though this is superstars. But this is just on that t- part, right? On just this part, a- yeah. yeah. So Michael Cole welcomes us with Double K, Kevin Kelly. Yes, Double K. He's constantly called Double K in this. I don't know why. That didn't uh, catch on. Michael Cole along with Double K, Kevin Kelly. Lest we forget, there's a, uh, a third man with these two. Yes. It's Gorilla Monsoon. Which is exactly why we picked yes. this, by the way. Well, thank you very much, Michael. And Kevin, it's always a pleasure to be back in a broadcast position with you. Yeah, absolutely. Gorilla Monsoon in 1998. And he did it longer, but we got our hands on this one here with Gorilla now, from 98. First of all, I had to ask you, right when Gorilla yeah. was in here, was this the era, like, during Challenge still being a thing <laughs> somehow? Like, didn't Challenge, like, <laughs> no. keep going it was called shotgun challenge right it was but that's a continuation <laughs> technically yes uh and you said to me quinn the esteemed president why is the president always so esteemed yes i don't get it like what makes him esteemed like what was there an esteeming ceremony or something like, there might have been actually i don't yeah. get it joe now he is still the president
president, which is weird. Like they they acknowledge him as president, even though he hasn't been on screen since August. Right, and he does um, talk also about like some of the hierarchy later on, which is confusing only because if you know like how the Gorilla Monsoon thing ended, mm-hmm. like wasn't like Shawn Michaels the commissioner? Stop. And we'll get into it later, <laughs> but like yeah, it's true. Gorilla seems bored to be here, as we'll we'll of know course. later. Well, I'm bored to be here too. <laughs> and Owen is the European champion at the time. Owen always just had belts. You're right. Like just very proudly. <laughs> Gorilla says that Owen needs a new persona. Like I don't know, the Rocket King maybe. Remember yeah, what he called him that? The Rocket King. Ah, the Rocket King. Well, he need he needed a new persona, and he got one. It just sucked. It just, like, <laughs> the nation of uh, poopy nation. Yeah, it was there. bad. Yeah, with the danger. Gorilla gets a shot in at the recently departed Bret Hart by calling Owen the most talented member of the Hart family. No, I feel like Gorilla didn't really agree with that. I don't think he did. I think he always I liked Gorilla more. I think Gorilla just needed to say. He just needed to say that, he right? To make his loyalties known. Yes, to Vince and yeah. Vince's office. Uh, Kevin Kelly and Cole talk about No Way Out of Texas uh, yes. upcoming pay-per-view. The original name of NWO, yes. and No Way Out, <laughs> yes. was No Way Out of Texas. Just that one year, that's correct. And then it, they just were like, No Way Out. Yep. Jimmy Cordero says the ref, Jesus misses a charge, Owen hits a hip toss into an armbar. Gorilla says Triple H and Shawn Michaels have big egos. Well, both of these guys have tremendous <laughs> egos, as they were stated earlier on, and their personalities uh, probably suit them very well that's not fake he's right gorilla's a straight shooter Yes, that's yeah. true. Especially here. He's not fucking around yeah. today. Yeah. Shoulder bucked by Owen as Gorilla goes on a rant about how Sergeant Slaughter... Here we go. He's only the commissioner. He doesn't make the decisions. He just carries out and enforces the ones from the president's office. So, again, what does that make Shawn Michaels later? Like The same thing, technically. In, now, was Gorilla the president during this period? Gorilla was never not president. He died in office. He died in, in October office. In October of 99, when Shawn Michaels was commissioner. He's like, he's like the John F. Kennedy of yes. WWF president. He's the McKinley of of presidents yeah and uh we get a close line by jesus as the rest of the shitty bariquas come out they're like y'all they homes. stink they do st- especially this is, 98 this is where you switch the video over right yes yeah. so now we're on regular video and we get a clip of the slam of the week cactus jack elbow dropping some packing peanuts in a dumpster weirdly the graphic is like the old logo but the whole episode has the scratch, the scratch logo yeah. on the bottom which Good is point. strange lots of lack yeah. of continuity here back to the match here and jesus grabs a chin lock Gorilla says that the only way to reprimand all these gangs is to hit him in the pocketbook. I guess we have to hit him a little harder in the pocketbook. And then he rants about how the refs need to maintain control. And this is where I say 1985 logic applied to yeah. 1998. It's like, like <laughs> they, they don't care. No. Like, like this is the same company where, like, people, they're stunning the commissioner. Right. And, like, Mike Tyson's there. They got the spit masks for Slaughter. Like, nobody gives a shit. Slaughter is the most ineffective enforcer. He is. Like, everyone just beats him up or throws baby powder in his face or yeah, makes so, fun of him. Like it's so like funny. He's garbage. When China's handcuffed to him and she, like Slaughter gets a shirt ripped off right? and he just looks like a big fat tub. <laughs> like incompetent like, buffoon. Spinning heel kick by Owen and the spring, springboard crossbody gets two. Jesus tosses Owen to the outside and the Barik was gently tossing him back inside. It <laughs> yeah, was like they all like, like dainty. They don't care. Owen with a Russian leg sweep into the sharpshooter for the win and then Corderas was distracted with the Barik was so Mike Kyoto runs out to call the right. submission. So this is seems to be there seems to be some trend right now where there's like two refs in a uh, tag Gorilla. Match. I'm telling you, it's because Gorilla. Well, like, Gorilla is like very upset about all this, 
you know, these people disrespecting authority. Man, good thing he wasn't around like past 99. And yeah, I the mean, things he, he would have seen. What do you think, Gorilla? What kind of rulings should he have done against like the Ministry of Darkness <laughs> and stuff like that? Get that many again and put some clothes on him. <laughs> well, not even just that, the like crucifying Stephanie seems like something Gorilla would be like, no, yeah. like, no, you don't do that. Yeah. Like, you're right. Yeah. Oh, man. To, to and what a, by, what a stupid ending to, to a match. Yeah. Like, Owen's like, I'm so smart. He like touches his head and all this or whatever. Dumb. Last week, Kane and Paul Bearer yelled at Vader, uh, JR yelling about hell on Raw. <laughs> this is the Paul Bearer that Quinn likes. Yeah, this is, he's effective. And that's why I like him. He's not just some loser, like, you know, <laughs> who holds an urn or, like, is, like, cemented into a block. You always like, bring that up? It's ridiculous. You're right. That is, I hate that that's the way Paul Bearer is written off, that he gets buried by cement. Paul Bearer's fat. Yeah. And he also <laughs> uses the rare, because you know how he always used to say, my Undertaker? Yeah. He says, my cane. Well, which it is, is kind his of, cane. It's his son. We don't know that yet, though, right? Yeah, but I mean, it makes <laughs> it all cane! makes sense now. Yes! Vader's gonna die, basically. That's what they're talking about. I don't know. Yeah. They're gonna kill Vader, and then they do, and then he comes back in May, and then he's like, I'm a big fat piece of shit, and then mm-hmm. he comes back again, and he's still fat, and then he's gone. Yeah. Monday, Quinn, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. This show's good. Yeah. I, I okay. think Deep Space Nine gets the uh, the shaft in this Does Star it? Trek. I mean, Pantheon. really, the worst one is that Enterprise thing with well, um, that's different. Quantum Leaps in that, it or that's whatever. A whole- <laughs> that's not good. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. We also get a Pringles commercial, which is interesting because in the U.S. here, we call them potato chips, and then Pringles are called crisps. Yes. Because you can't call them chips. But not enough potato the or FDA something. The FDA doesn't yeah, like yeah, that. They, don't, they get mad. But in the U.K., see, Richie or some one of our U.K. fans has to let me know. In the U.K., they call what we call chips, they call those crisps. So what are these I in don't the know. UK? That's I don't what know. I want to know because they don't say in the commercial. Ace Bleach, it's so safe, it's approved by Walmart. Walmart, not Mart. I don't know what that is. Is. Rich Rollo <laughs> candy with a uh, cowboy and an Indian weird commercial there where they're like, oh, we we like Rollo, well, we're gonna fight over I, it. I think it's just like this candy's so good they fight like cowboys and Indians. Like, uh, so they're not I, really it's cowboys. Like, it's just a it's a little play on there. Rollers are okay. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't fight over it. Yeah, clear cell commercial with fake baby spice or Emma Spice according yes, to Quinn. Emma Spice. That was my favorite Spice Girl. Mine was uh, sporty. You like the sporty? I liked her voice. I like the baby. Baby in a room near an... Wait, this is weird. There's like a baby in an ocean, and then near a lion, <laughs> then near a tiger, then on a cliff, and basically the point is, get a vaccine, you asshole. Was this a problem in the UK? Like, were people not going to get their vaccines? Because this, like, this is like a thing where, like, humanity as a whole smallpox. had like, decided, like, you know that smallpox? We're not dealing with that anymore. We you have know? this thing for it, yeah. and you take it, and you never get it. Like, yeah. You know that polio? <laughs> we're not doing that as a we're society. We're done with polio. Right. Jonas Salk dedicated his fucking life yeah. to making sure that you fucking assholes over there yeah. didn't have to deal with polio. Now, so you get your shots, get your shots. Harley Race had polio. It's one shot for your entire life. That's it's it. not that hard. Do you see me? No polio. Yeah. A dork and a lady on a bench, and then he drinks Dr. Pepper, cool. and she likes him. It's a yeah. very weird American commercial. And then we get a Xena and Hercules bumper, Quinn. And a Buffy. Buffy. Don't yes. forget Buffy. And it, they play Saturday! Saturday! <laughs> which is awesome, because it's on Saturday. They that's say right. that at the end. I was like, that's a, that's clever. And Elton John is English. Yeah. And a lady. Uh, and then, on the 5th, a couple of days ago, we're back to yeah. the wrestling here, there was a press conference, and Vince McMahon said extravaganza a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, what was with that? It's like, extravaganza, <laughs> extravaganza. He says it twice. Yeah. 
should be an extravaganza beyond extravaganzas. But basically, we get a quick recap here of the WrestleMania 14 press conference. There's a shot there of a Bruce Pritchard. Some, uh, Tell me about standing yeah. there in a press conference there and then do my research. Right. Vince also has a surprisingly normal suit on. Did you know? Like, he looked yeah. like very business-like for this. I think he, in front he, of the he's media. like, this is serious. Like, this, I can't be like power walk stupid yeah, right. suit Vince McMahon. He was very calm. Yeah. This is a real press conference, by the way. Yeah, so this, is le- this isn't like fake Sid people. With the- <laughs> yeah, this isn't Sid with the paper and that weird lady in the <laughs> center like getting all up in the shot this is I a never, real press conference that always pissed me off in the wrestlemania 8 that one lady like in the center they probably like, told her to listen, but in a press conference you don't like get out of your chair and go down the center and start like snapping shots it's like this is done orderly you know oh, what i, I mean? know you're right quinn i'm sorry you're, <laughs> you're right you're right vince makes the announcement that uh tyson's gonna be the enforcer austin says he's been busting for eight years for this opportunity my name is stone cold steve austin and i've been busting for eight years to get this opportunity i think because busting makes him feel good right (laughs) sean with a moment of truth here i do not lay down i repeat i do not lay down for absolutely anybody we know that he'll lose oh, his smile. That's true. He'll get beat up by a Marine. He'll fake an injury. Yeah. But he won't lay down. That's hey, true. I'll admit it. He doesn't lay down for anybody. <laughs> he doesn't. That's a good quality to have in wrestling. No. If you want to win. All right. Okay, I mean, Hogan. if you want to win. All right. Mike Tyson, mm-hmm. by the way, he was a big fan of Bruno Tamatino and the Valiants. <laughs> and what's very funny is Mike Tyson can't say Stone Cold. Yes. Cold Stone. Cold Stone. It is Stone Cold Steve Austin, not Cold Stone Steve Austin. But he uses the word ostentatious here. I always like the Valiants because they're very flamboyant and ostentatious. Yeah. Properly. He says other big words, too. I was like, wow, I I didn't know Mike Tyson could say these words. And I only say that because of his previous examples of talking. Of talking. Uh, HBK says that Tyson sucks, basically. Austin's like, yeah, I could beat you. And then Tyson's like... the wrestlers, both sides are just like, he sucks. Gotta defend the wrestling, Quinn. Tyson calls Austin an uncouth imbecile. Because you're an uncouth imbecile. That's That's pretty funny. (laughs) It's very funny. big words from Tyson here. And he says that you need to try loving someone. Mike Tyson... I think Mike Tyson is the smartest guy in this situation. (laughs) He might might, This might all be a shtick by 98. I think it was just a ruse that Tyson was like a meathead. Yeah. Yeah, like he's freaking funny it's to here. trick his opponents. He's really the See? smartest boxer. He, like he, he realized he was in a shitty situation with Holyfield, and he was yeah. just like, "This is the only way out." Like the logic is like turning <laughs> in his head. It's like, how can I get like, I'm never going to be at the top again, right? So let me just get banned from boxing right here. Make a little controversy. Maybe he gave you know he was smart about biting the ear. He gave him the other piece back. It was like he was just like no. He maybe they like talked afterwards. Right. He was just like this. I made this for the press. I know I'm I'm retiring. Like you know what I I'm mean. Retiring. Yeah. Because yeah, like, he never really boxed. He did, but he, he did. never. He lost to Lennox Lotus. But he few, never. That was like a joke fight. You know, yeah. yeah. He lost his last fight. He lost his like last few actually. Yeah. He, and then he, he didn't was, like, care anymore. Done. His career was over. HBK with a great line. Get that glare out of your stare. <laughs> to Steve Austin. And we have a. Scuffle with Shane and like a double chin Triple H trying to break everything up. Yeah, Triple H looks out of shape and fat. He does. Uh, and then, hey, this whole thing was on the news, but very sarcastically, Quinn. Oh, they're, I hate it. It's like they're all like World Body Federation, yeah. <laughs> body slamming powers. It's always and like the old logos there. Like yeah. everything's all wrong. They're always making fun of wrestling, but Vince takes it as like, a, it's like, oh, we made the news, yeah. pal. Yeah. But they're always know, like, Mike Tyson body slamming his way. Ha ha. Yeah, he's stupid. They're like, do you believe this shit? Yeah, basically. 
Mike Tyson coming between two of the World Wrestling Federation's finest. We also get some really poor headlines like Mike Tyson in cop role. Yeah, or- that was <laughs> McMahon is king for a day yeah, or like, something. What? what are these headlines? Weird. Let's go to the ringside, Quinn, with our commentators because we have a match. We have oh, the New Age Outlaws. There's a match on this show? There's a match. Tag team champions, folks, like we were saying, there's some good things that you associate with 98 are already going yep. on and they're facing two things you don't associate with good and mm-hmm. that would be Tom Brandy yep. and Flash Funk. Yep. Now, you're a little upset that Sal Sincere is no more. Yes, I was, as a kid, this always confused me because, like, Tom Brandy, the name, right? Yeah, Tom Brandy. He doesn't, that sound doesn't sound like an Italian name, no? Brandy? I, I think this is a real name. Yeah, which is weird because he wears, like, the Italian trunks with the and all that stuff. He's probably Italian. I know, it's just Brandy just doesn't see... Like, is that his real name? I think it is. Really? Um, That's interesting. I think so. I, is he even really Italian, or is he, like, something else Irish? Why would they make his gimmick that he's Italian if he's not? That's, like, a silly thing to Because he's got fake. black hair. Maybe they thought, like, if he gets a suntan, like, maybe he'd, like, sort of look... I, I don't know. He just hasn't, like, a... Brandy sounds like an Irish name to me. Gorilla's really mad about <laughs> the outlaws... He's like, they're only temporarily the champions. Yeah, what's that about? He's so pissy. But nonetheless, they are the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions. Temporarily. Then they ask him, like, what do you think of Mike Tyson? That was Kevin Kelly or Cole. Take your pick. Yeah. They sound the same. Double K. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of Tyson, President Monsoon? Mm-hmm. And uh, Gorilla's like, you know, boxers can't compete with wrestlers. He knows a thing or two about that with the Muhammad Ali match. Yep. But he does call Tyson a loose cannon. And this is, by the way, a very uninspiring match. The announcers are talking about WrestleMania 3 and how yeah. now. Uh, like this, this is the first of two times that yeah. WrestleMania three comes up in this damn show. Why? Well, you know what? To be fair, ninety eight was the year. If you really think back, mm-hmm. where well, they really started, and it was slow at first to reference their past more and more and more. Right? They were like WrestleMania is the biggest show. That's around again. the time, right? Because the last one's like at the Arrowhead Pond and like twelve some was yeah dumpy the arena, Rose, the Rosemont for thirteen. Yeah, yeah eleven like, was in fucking Connecticut and yeah. Hartford. <laughs> That's like the dumpiest. That was the worst. Yeah, that's like, we that, can't afford to go to the good places so, anymore. Yeah, literally. That's like, 95. So maybe they were like, let's remember the good WrestleManias <laughs> and like make a brand out of this. And they did. And yeah. it worked, obviously. Because now they don't even have to have a good match for WrestleMania. They just say, hey, just it's WrestleMania. Out. It's mm-hmm. April second or some yep, shit and it works time. billy gunn has long pl- black pants on more i like this version i do too i like that version i also like road dog in the black yep yeah they look more serious yeah they just look like assholes that will kill you yep the reason i'm not mentioning the match by the way is because the announcers really aren't <laughs> no it's not it's not good it's, it's just not good. It's, the, it's the typical outlaws you know dancing yeah. road dog all mm-hmm. over the place billy gunn being a good tag wrestler they basically kill tom brandy in the corner yeah and flash funk sucks by yeah, the way what is your problem with flash funk he's just a piece of shit by this point like <laughs> he sucks this is when his hair starts getting long and he's like ponytail not caring about like what he even is as a character in this company <laughs> yeah that is true flash funk in 98 like yeah. what are we doing boys why did he not just be to- too cold scorpio because like, vince like wasn't he when he was in the job squad then he was finally too cold scorpio no he wasn't cold anymore he was just scorpio okay so he wasn't he finally, cold enough he was like room temperature scorpio or maybe he was hotter Maybe he might have been too, hot Scorpio. Too hot Scorpio. 
<laughs> now, Kevin Kelly, excuse me, Double K <laughs> mentions how Tom Brandy grew up a wrestling fan. He used to go to Allentown. Yeah, what? We're referencing Allentown now? That's SPD, I guess, right? Yeah, PD. Do you remember seeing uh, Tom Brandy or Brady or whatever his name is in the crowd? Double team neckbreaker, not a very good looking one, gets the win for the Outlaws there. What uh, a shitty finisher, by the way. It was. I just need to say that. And what the hell was the Outlaws finisher? I really don't remember. Was it just the famouser? Just. Like or, what was Road Dogg's finisher? And like I, I had to, after I thought about it deeply a little we bit. We're talking like, about it. Yeah. Did they have a finisher? Like I, re- I honestly don't know. Yeah, I don't I, know. I don't remember. But I do know this: Quinn Chelsea versus Man U in the footy later today. Oh yeah, the footy, the footy. Yeah. And then we get a go ahead potato chip commercial. So now, now they're now calling we, them chips. Now we got chips, uh, and it's English. It's so it's so confusing there with things. Then we get a very strange premise here, Quinn. It's pot noodle, which is kind of like cup noodle. The Lamb Shank Redemption. The Lamb Shank Redemption is made in association with Pot Noodle. Is Lamb Shank a flavor of Cup Noodle? Because I would that imagine. T- sounds fantastic, actually. Very good ramen flavor, I, right? I like lamb. I do. Your shitty kid should have Nutella because yep. it's uh, good for you. They try to say it's good for you. Well, it's, uh, what it's, is it? Because it, it has milk in it. There's some milk and, and hazelnuts. Milk and hazelnuts. Those, <laughs> those seem like two good things, I, I have guess. to say. Uh, for some pull-ups here, Mickey Mouse can help train your kids on the potty. <laughs> the potty. When they use the loo and Arm and Hammer baking soda commercial. Now Quinn. that's ironic because isn't toothpaste like a rare thing in, in England? Like I, I don't know. I am surprised they had ads. <laughs> Hall soothers will allow you to make out in an elevator. What was that about? I Have cough it, drops. Yeah, well, <laughs> and you, you, can you don't want to cough in your girlfriend's face. <laughs> And then the dream team is a show. Apparently, I couldn't it's tell like Big Brother or a or soap, a soap opera. opera. Yeah, I can't. I, I don't know. What was that? Was it scripted? Was it real? Uh, who knows? Richie, uh, we're <laughs> back, and we've got Bradshaw, not Justin Hawk. Bradshaw, shit Shaw. Not e- <laughs> <laughs> it's more like it. Not even Blackjack Bradshaw. <laughs> just shit Shaw. Yeah. Versus Mark Kyle, a guy with two first names mm-hmm. who looks like Albert. Yeah, like he's hairy, he's like just Albert. Albert with two first names, and he's bald instead of one first name. And we will s- call him Prince Mark Kyle. <laughs> we see Bradshaw storming over to the shotgun area, according yeah. to Michael Cole. Yes. Okay. Now we get really confusing because the the announced like Jr's there yeah. somehow. Like apparently uh, Bradshaw is hot because recently Barry Windham turned on him. With Jim Cornette. With Jim Cornette to and join the NWA. Right, and that's why Cornette has now magically disappeared from the uh, booth with from JR. From the booth with JR. Because he's afraid of uh, Bradshaw. Because, I mean, Bradshaw doesn't have any self-control here. No, he doesn't at all. But you had a great question about him. You asked me if he was ever good. Yeah, I, I really <laughs> have to ask that question because, listen, I know people will defend his, like, WWF title run. Uh, it wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. It was what, okay. What made him worthy? To have the WWF title. Vince just really liked him, I think. Did he make Vince money off his, like, stock tips or something? Possibly, Is yes. that really, like, what that was? I don't know. Quinn, because this guy good. had no fucking business ever and being world even champion, near yeah. the world title. Yeah. The announcers ha- hyped the upcoming Bradshaw versus Jeff Jarrett match. Who cares? Yeah, what a concept, right? Yeah. As we get a shot of Cornette hiding at the curtain, get it? He's hiding from Bradshaw. That's kind of funny, actually. It like, is. the visual of Cornette. And what's weird is the spotlights on him. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, Oh, don't notice him over <laughs> yeah. there. It's like a spotlight right on him. What I love is even though it's 1998, it's never too late for Gorilla to pull out the old fountain of misinformation line. Yeah, on, he calls Cornette that, yeah. Yep. The fountain of misinformation. And Bradshaw with a horrible elbow, and he still has his vest on, which really pissed us off. Yeah, the whole almost the whole match, like only in the last like thirty seconds does he take yeah. the vest off. It's like, oh now I'll take it off. <laughs> Apparently Gorilla really loved 
the potential of the new blackjack. So he's a little sad that there's no more new blackjack. I think Gorilla was behind the times on that one. That, they, <laughs> I, they had no potential to me. Barry Wyndham was like a thousand years old and had a dirt stash. <laughs> and like Bradshaw is Bradshaw. So Earl Durrell is the ref, by the way. Clothesline from Heck gets the win. Cornette gets all pissy. By the way, come see the new WWF generation. This was a weird commercial because I'd never seen it for the new generation. And second, it was like 98. They're talking about the new generation. We don't want that anymore. We don't want. That's the exact opposite of what I want to say. We don't want Flash Funk anymore. We don't want Aldo Mentoya. Right. We we want Triple H being a dick. Yeah, the outlaws. Or yeah, the New Age outlaws. Stone Cold. Cold Cold Stone Stone himself. Very ostentatious. Hey, it's Kurgan. Well, he's not that bad. He's not Silva. You know what? You're right. <laughs> yeah. Quinn and I actually were talking. We said out of Giant Gonzalez, Paulo Silva, and Kurgan, who's right. the worst? And I think I said Silva, right? I think Silva followed by, I think, Gonzalez. Giant Gonzalez is number two. And actually, Kurgan Kurgan's is the, the number one bad giant. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think so? Yeah. It's, it's tough because, like, Kurgan's got the things on his fingers. That makes him good. So he could do the claw thing. Yeah, you're right. He has Kerry Von Erich's finisher. <laughs> and he has two feet. Whoa, so he's automatically better. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Gorilla says Kurgan has a bright future. I mean, at this point, maybe. Maybe if Actually, he's got a like, maybe. flashlight on him, yeah. You know what they never got to do? Kurgan versus Big Show. Good. <laughs> well, I just battle the Giants, you know? You wanted to see that? I mean, the claw versus. Quinn wanted to see it. The claw versus the choke slam? I don't know. Kurgan's a nice guy. I like Kurgan. Very good actor. I like too. Kurgan as like just yeah, a person. Man. Like I, anytime I see him, I'm like, eh, Kurgan. He's I'm, okay. A man called yeah, Kurgan. I got no problem with him. <laughs> His opponent here is Lance Jade, who is not Lance Cade and yeah. kind of looks like Lenny Lane. He's also not Garrison Cade either. <laughs> Jack Doan is the ref here as the Jackal. <laughs> this, is, this might be the best part of the show. Yeah, it is. <laughs> he comes down. From the ceiling. Yes. On a desk, standing at a podium, giving like a, a speech. An entire podium stage is lowered. So you, it's the opposite of Bad News Barrett, where the thing kept elevating. Yes, it comes down from the ceiling. This is coming down from the yeah, ceiling. Yeah, this looked risky, because this thing was, like, wobbling yeah. around, and, like, Don Callis is babbling on and on. And I must say this. Go ahead. How weird is it that we have Double K and Don Callis, the commentators today of New Japan, in the same exact show? With Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah, with Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> That is weird. Yeah. Now, this is during the era where they were phasing out the Truth Commission and phasing in the Jackal, the cult leader. So with the Commandant Kurgan. is gone. No, Way gone. No Commandant anymore. There's barely a recon and sniper by <laughs> yeah. this point, thankfully. <laughs> um, and Gorilla said he's trying to find out where the Jackal came from so he can send him back. And he asked what yeah. he's rambling about. <laughs> Why is he, what is he rambling about, I don't know what he's rambling about either. He's just being like he's big or something. Yeah. <laughs> and did, did they realize just Kurgan sucked at wrestling? So this guy is to just have him talk the whole time. As a distraction. Because even after this, right, when he, after the ceiling thing, like when they did other Kurgan <laughs> matches, I remember that the Jackal, it was always on commentary. Yes, he was always on commentary. Great talker. Yeah, he's he, great. He would, but he was there to distract you from the fact that Kurgan was a terrible wrestler. Right, which is a brilliant idea, actually. No problem there. He should have had a megaphone. Well, that'd be a little too Jimmy Hart-esque, I think. It was a couple years afterwards. Yeah, Um, baby! The most Gorilla Monsoon line ever, and God bless Gorilla for still pulling this out in 98. And you know that Gorilla knows what he's doing. Right, but again, it's the 85 logic in 98. As the Jackal is mumbling, rambling during Mm -hmm. the speech, I should say, Gorilla mumbles... I wonder a percentage of the he's taking of the purse money. Yes, he's very concerned that <laughs> Jackal is rip, him. <laughs> yeah, ripping off Kurgan or something. This man's hands, what kind his of percentage arms, he's taking his from the legs. purse money. 
I love it. I don't think Kurgan knows what money is because he's just like a big, weird, giant guy in kayfabe. And second of all, I... Purse money, nineteen ninety eight. I like, love it. Uh, Kurgan with that weird claw thimble thing. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Gets it's this tape on his fingers. And you said to me, you never understood the jewel on the jackal's head. Yes, like, is he like a troll? But then again, he is kind of a troll. Kind of is a troll. Yeah. Girl asked if we could just please cut his microphone off, which is a fair it's question. Acceptable at this point. Yeah. Yes. WrestleMania trivia, Quinn. Who sang America the Beautiful at WrestleMania well, that three? Would be Miss Arena Franklin. <laughs> but our second WrestleMania three reference. Yes. World's weirdest TV bumper. What you said was just that show from Japan. Yeah, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge yes. in America, and you might also know it as Takeshi's Castle in Japan. That's right. You might. <laughs> My favorite segment at the beginning is where people would, like, had to run through these uh, doors, mm-hmm. and most of them were, like, breakthrough, but one of them was just, like, a brick fucking wall and somebody <laughs> would run full speed into it Yikes. that you didn't know. That, that's not... That doesn't sound fun. It's funny yeah, to yeah, watch. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, cats here, like, talk about their crappy, meaty, jelly cat food. Uh, the jelly's important, they say. It is. Meaty jelly cat food we see being dumped in the bowl. You know, I have a fact for you, you Americans out yeah. there. In England, they actually serve this same cat food at pubs. Oh, well, that explains the bad teeth. Yes. Meanwhile, chicken fingers, animated chicken fingers are arguing yeah. in a fridge. Best <laughs> line, best commercial line comes in this one. As a doofy, doofy, doofy kid is like, these drummers are wicked anymore. Yeah. These drummers are wicked anymore. He's so happy. And the, and the drumstick things are like dancing around in the freezer or something. What the hell, England? Speaking of what the hell, England, vaccinate your damn baby. Again, we get that commercial this again. This is a problem. Do you this want is... the measles going around yeah. in your public schools? I don't think so. You ever wake up while you're tired? Well, you should go to sleep, but also drink instant Horlicks. What? Okay. If you stain your weird sweater, use bleach. You yeah, dumb no shit. shit. <laughs> also, Nickelodeon bumper, yes. which I thought I, that was weird for me because I thought Nickelodeon was like a U.S. and Canada thing. Yeah, I didn't know. I actually never even this, thought of it being at in the least UK. at this point in time. Yeah. Like I thought the Nickelodeon worldwide expansion came later. Right, but right. Like well, yeah, whatever. Uh, the WrestleMania trivia answer, like you said, Quinn, it is Aretha Franklin, but. Mm-hmm. They forgot the miss. Yeah, they didn't say that. Miss so I Aretha think they Franklin. were wrong. They didn't get it right. Back on Raw last week, Austin came out with a duffel bag. By the way, I need to address that it said Raw is war, but in the superstars <laughs> font on the corner, <laughs> which was really weird. I I don't know. It bothered me. I'm glad you remember that. Yeah. Uh, there's a sign in the crowd that says Hogan fears retirement. Well, that's true. That's true. Okay. He would not let go. That's a truthful sign. We clip to DX backstage as Austin's in the ring. They're wearing their crappy shirts. Quinn. Yeah, that weird like red glob X version. Which yeah. It's not the good one. I didn't like That's that one. That's not the definitive, like the silver right. one with the good The real t- one that says socket on the back, yeah. yeah. Sean calls Austin Iceman, and then he says son. Iceman. The heartbreak kid, Sean Michaels, knows exactly how to pull your strings, son. He sounds high as ass. Which, okay, on to be killers. fair to Sean, yep. this is post The Undertaker, so like mm-hmm. any painkiller nonsense that happens here is completely understandable. Yeah, he had I get two it. Herni- herniated I, discs at he this did. very moment. He did, he did. Like he, he should definitely be on painkillers. I agree there. Uh, Triple H, by the way, is in full crony mode Yeah, he's still. like, <laughs> like hitting China's God. arm and stuff. That China's era. in full double chin mode. <laughs> and Triple H too, actually. Sean says he calls the shots around here. He's the icon, the showstopper, the main eventer. He's right. True. Then we clip back to the ring. Austin says that he has Sean's belt. Sean's like, no, I do. <laughs> this is kind of funny, <laughs> actually. Really he funny. Has, Sean acts really goofy. Yeah. He's like, no, I have it. And then he pulls it out of the bag. 
it's not the winged eagle. Right? No, it's that WWF merchandise catalog the one that doesn't even look like it. The foam, yeah, the yeah. foam one. I have one of those, but it's white. Yeah, it looks nothing like it. Austin pulls the real winged eagle out of his duffel bag, and I just have to say, I know Austin and mm-hmm. the winged eagle look awesome together. It's a, like he fits that belt to a T. Why did they decide to change it at that know. particular moment? Ugh, like, I wish it could have lasted. I feel longer. the guy that looked good with the blue belt was the Rock. And like, Triple that's H, when yeah. they should have changed it. The Rock and Triple yeah. H looked great with the big eagle. Yeah. The big blue one. But Austin with the winged eagle. Oh, it fits his character. Looked but, awesome. Yeah. But I get it. New era, new thing, new belt. And I think they wanted to split from Reggie Parks. Yeah. What is the <laughs> resistance to Reggie? Did he want money or something? Well, of course. They were his designs. Yeah. But did he want like royalties for it being on TV? Like, that's what I always was confused. Like why they just ditched him. Knowing Vince, he probably wanted to own his own design so it could be unique. Because it's Reggie's design. Right. They're just paying him to use it. Right. Whereas if Vince bought, he commissioned a new design, he owns it. Okay. That's why they got rid of the IC belt, too. Well, they still have it now. They brought it back. Thankfully, he brought it back. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God he he got that Man, Reggie Park still has his fingers somehow in WWE. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, This was just very well done basic storytelling, though. Sean flipping out at Austin having the belt. Mm -hmm. Very simple. Nothing made it like Sean's playing a heel. Yeah, Austin's playing like a gotcha this type of face thing. This is a simple one week storyline, like it. like just to kill time because Sean's hurt. Yeah, Austin's got to like have something to do. In yeah, the meantime. to build the match and yeah. stuff because they can't touch each other. Like Sean didn't wrestle at all. Yeah, from- Austin was busy with other things at No Way Out of Texas. I think I don't <laughs> he, remember who he, he was. He was in that Big Eight man. Remember? Okay. Yeah. With Owen Hart against, I forget who they fought too, but it was like Austin and Owen and a few other guys against the Outlaws and Triple H and Savio Vega, Ugh. who filled in for Sean. I know. Horrible. Anyway, uh, later DX was in the ring, and China's first set of implants look horrible, by the way. It's like, yeah. this is transition China. This is like she's morphing into don't treat me like a woman, don't treat me like a man version. Don't worry, we won't. Yeah, where her hair's better, too. <laughs> by the way, uh, they clipped to a bunch of college <laughs> yeah. guys with no shirts, and like, man, this was the 90s. Yeah. Like, this must have been like the best time to be in college. Like, I was like... <clears throat> a middle schooler slash right. yeah like a middle school kid at this time I was like this must have been great just if I was like five years older I could have like enjoyed taking my shirt off and having like a D or an X written on my belly you can still do that if you want to okay next time we go to a live event Joe you and me no shirts DX I'll have to get back to you on that okay. <laughs> Austin comes out with the winged eagle and Triple H suddenly has his shirt off by the way the outlaws come out to help surround the ring and China steals back the belt in the meantime and that's the end of that segment and yeah, then randomly it just honky, ends there <laughs> yeah and then honky tonk man comes Ugh! out why why, why can I, we not why? escape this man always he's always there gorilla has a little dig he's like oh he's certainly a better champion than pat patterson gorilla never lets up yeah, on I love making it. fun of pat patterson it's a, it's a gimmick any vague reference to the intercontinental title or, yep. or pat coming out it's, anything it's, he's fat yep. or something yeah i love that uh the rock and roll express wobble down the ring to Ugh. the rockers music joe okay so we looked up Yes. Ricky Morton is 42. Yes. Robert Gibson is 40, right? It, that is not like John Cena is that 40, age. Yeah. yeah. They like, look elderly here. They look like they're 62 I and 60. I don't how get it. How do they do this? Well, they looked old in the 80s. Like, yes. how did they pull that off? Well, I think Ricky Morton actually looked fairly Gibson young. Gibson looked old. Yeah, well, that's because of his eye. <laughs> he can't look straight, Joe. <laughs> Give him a break. Hockey's the ring announcer, by the way. This is like my nightmare. The Rock and Roll Express this hockey is, this is the man. This might be the worst possible matchup on paper 
Oh, like, yeah. For us. Because they're fighting Skull and Apple. Ah, DOA. <laughs> Again, how? We cannot get away from these people. Gorilla has a great line. Which one is Apple? Yeah, I don't know either. Like, I, he, he doesn't give a shit he's anymore. He's right, though. I know. Which one's Apple? We're not sure. And then Double K here asks Gorilla what he thinks about the NWA. This Rick- is great. <laughs> yeah. As Ricky Morton is playing Ricky Morton. Like even he's though- actually Ricky Morton, but they're heel. It's weird. Gorilla's whole stance here is the National Wrestling Alliance went out of business a long time ago. And unless there's a reincarnation of Sam Muchnick, it will stay that way. Now, there's two problems here. One, the NWA didn't go out of business. Yeah, it was like a brand that people leased out. Yeah. It's not something that can really go out. It's like it's like Roy Rogers, right? It's like <laughs> it's like it never really went out of business. They just licensed it to like yes. other people. <laughs> uh issue number two. Sam Muchnick isn't dead yet. So yeah, you don't he, need to reincarnate him, Gorilla. What, what the hell? Close enough. He's like, <laughs> isn't he like just about dead at this point? I don't know. Like, I mean, did he die in 98 or 99? He was on screen later in 98 with like Ruth Fez and yeah. all that shit in Kansas City. Remember and he looks better than certain people and he's like 101. <laughs> yes. He's certainly not dead yet. Uh, Gibson with a horrible slam. Double K calls the WWF an offshoot of the NWA. Which is kind of true, but Gorilla gets all mad. All, and technically, that's not true, blah, blah, blah. But what is he talking about? I don't that's know. That's not true. I don't, he's, Kevin Kelly's right. Yeah, double K. Double K. Tim White's a ref, double collision there. Gorilla says, for my money, it's a scam by James E, this whole NWA thing. That might be true, actually. It might be true. Uh, Dennis Coraluzzo gets name dropped. Does he? I didn't yeah, hear that. It's very sneaky. <laughs> of course he does. Referenced by Kevin Kelly. Uh, double drop kick gets two. Gorilla bitches about needing two refs in tag matches. Always. Never never not two refs. <sighs> well, what we're seeing now is loss of control in this match. That's why I'm advocating two referees Wait for all tag matches. And Honky suddenly announced is the express win by DQ. Yeah, just there's like, I think somebody took Cornette's racket. Is that what it was? lightly grazed somebody. And that's it. Eight ball or skull, whichever. (laughs) It doesn't matter. can't tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the end of the show. They suddenly go off air. They're like, all right, bye. Enough of that. Like, Gorilla's just like, bye. Well, I'll tell you what, Quinn. Like I said, this isn't good. It's not bad. But it's not bad. It is. (laughs) Now, do you think the novelty of Gorilla Monsoon helped us enjoy this more? Sort of because the content wasn't very. Like, yeah, I I don't know because Gorilla like doesn't care. It's like the post Joey period. Yeah, and, like, you know, it's that whole t- thing. Interesting snapshot of time because it's a crossroads for the company. Yeah, you can see on one hand the crap like the DOA and the NWA mm-hmm. angle and Honky Tonk Man and Scorpio <laughs> and Tom Brandy. Yeah, but then you got the Outlaws and DX, DX and Steve Austin and yeah. Mike Tyson and things are happening. Yeah, and Double Chin China. And- <laughs> It's a very interesting period of time, so I don't know. I, I'm I'm okay with it. It wasn't one it's of the... It's acceptable. It like, was it, fine. It's fine. So that's kind of my stance on that. Folks, we thank you so much for being with us as we've opened up yet another season. Be sure to send in your suggestions for something for us to review for a Rushmore. You can tweet at us at OVP Podcast. Email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group. It's free. It's fun. Yeah, it's great. It's a great it's time. It's a great place to talk about wrestling. Yep. If you use iTunes, leave us a five-star review. And if you want to donate, go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. In the meantime, we will be back next week to kick off March with episode number 72 as we get towards WrestleMania season. And we uh, we hope you have enjoyed this season eight opener of our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Until next week, I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn saying so long. See ya. 
Welcome back to Superstars. Michael Cole, Kevin Kelly, WWF President Gorilla Monsoon. It's the Rock and Roll Express against the DOA for the NWA World Tag Team titles. That's 8-Ball, hammering away, and Ricky Morton. And uh, Mr. Monsoon, what do you think about James E. Cornette and the National Wrestling Alliance? Well, you know, James E. Cornette has always been a, oh. a fountain of misinformation. Here's a quick cover book. now by Morton. The National Wrestling Alliance went out of business a long time ago. And, you know, un unless there's a reincarnation of Sam Munchnik, the N National Wrestling Alliance still does not exist. Well, certainly, you can't deny the fact that the National Wrestling Alliance is written into the history Here's books. a quick cover, Kevin, by Gibson. Kick out by 8-Ball. No question about that. And it's also, indeed, fact that the World Wrestling Federation is an offshoot, if you will, of the National Wrestling Alliance going back to the early 60s. Well, I would not say, I would not agree with that, that the World Wrestling Federation is an offshoot of the National Wrestling Alliance. World Wrestling Federation is an entity by itself, always has been, always will be. Well, that's a, I know that's a bone of contention amongst historians. It always has been, Michael, but certainly you cannot deny the fact that James E. Cornette has... Will you stop? stop, stop, stop.